never mind. Never mind. It is, it. it is full screen. I know. It, I was like, wow, that surprised me. I was like, oh, oh, I can see everybody and I can see myself, which isn't, you know, the best. But whatever. Let's go. Sorry. 69 Camaro. <laughs> you were telling me to put it full screen. I was like, it's literally full screen. It's already full screen. It can't full screen anymore. Hey, welcome back to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Bet you you didn't know they were full screen. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you've got us full screen. Maybe not. Or if you're listening to Spotify, welcome back. No screen. There's no screen. <laughs> Just saying. Um, got myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes. We've got Tony, Stats and Info Lance. We've got Katie Cardigan Pahura. Ooh. Yeah, I, went oh, I almost one. wore my cardigan today. And then we have a very special guest returning with us to help break down this episode. We've got Jacob, the challenge historian, Hollabaugh. Yay! Nailed it. There you go, Rick. Two for two. Cardigan reference. Proper last names. (laughs) Whoa, start we're off to here. Good to be back. You know what? Good thing Josh wasn't here for the motherfucking chambers because I feel like that would have gotten me going too fast. And we you're already wrapped up. Yeah, we didn't need to hit those last RPMs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I wish I wish Josh was here. He's got some stuff he's dealing with. We miss him. Hope he's doing good. Same Love with Corey. Josh. Yep. But and with that Alexis. Being, Alexis. Oh yeah, and Alexis. Yes. Oh my god, we have so many people here. I can take a night off. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Alexis is actually not joining us tonight mm. because tomorrow, Saturday, she will be at uh, Mania in Indy. So by the time you guys are, hear this, it's already going to be over. But we did put something up. So hopefully if you were at Mania, you went around and you found Alexis and said hi, took a picture, whatever, um, because she is really, really excited to be there at this one and to hopefully meet some of you guys. So hopefully you guys went out and said hi. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, lots I'm of, sorry. Lots of exciting stuff going on. We miss you, Tex. We do. We do. I miss her. That's such a great thing. I love it. I, oh, I just wanted to talk to her about the yellow or the yellow cuff. The leather cuff. Where did yellow cuff? I saw that and I was just like, oh, the leather cuff. It wasn't Brad. It's not Brad. And sorry, Karina, they weren't CT's legs. They weren't at they, all. No, in the preview, the preview it, was. It probably was. <laughs> but it was not CT. That, no, yeah, no. no. That's why I don't like making judgments on the intros because they're just so chopped up. It's yeah. like. Oh, look, those are Tori's hands, but that's Brad's beard, yet CT's legs. Who is this? <laughs> I would like to point out that when, like, on the next time on, as they're, like, doing a slow pan up, they stopped right before beard level. And you're like, oh, who could it be? Oh, I wonder. Oh. I was waiting for Crane to be like, that's CT's abdomen. I didn't. I've seen him before. <laughs> that's his neck. I didn't even get to watch the next time on. <laughs> I didn't either. So, Jacob, you're joining us for our once a season, you know, joint recap. And I want to ask you, we're, we're probably, I'm assuming, right around a little bit past the halfway mark now. Are we? <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, there's 16. No, we are. I think it's 20 episodes. I'm thinking 2022, 20, right in that ballpark is including uh, reunion. It might yeah, be like 21, 22. Yeah, something like that. But I wanted to say, what's your impression of this season so far? So, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would have had a very different answer. My answer <laughs> is twofold. One, I did a big rant a week and a half ago on my podcast um, about how all the people that just hate watch this show or hate comment on this show 
for the 12th season in a row mm-hmm. should just go away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would really like that. That's my number one thing every season now is just like wading through all of the people that'll never give any credit for anything. Um, but if I put that to a side, I up until about three weeks ago, I loved this season. I was all in. I was super excited coming into the season. I was all about, for the most part, the format, the, the concept for seasons after season and year after year. I've, they've needed to do something where they try whether it fails or not, then maybe the show finally fails for real. But like they needed to try to actually create new stars, create new storylines, create new Create new anything that isn't just, well, CT's still here. So, like, you guys still like him, right? Like, we do. (laughs) But, like, you know, he's pretty old and for the show's sake and everything else. And so I was loving it. Everything was great. And now I will say the champs gimmick uh, has just really has dampened it quite a bit for me because I don't think they should have done it. And I think they didn't ruin the season by any means because I'm still having a really good time with it. But mm-hmm. they made it uh, really divisive where everyone has falls on one opinion or the other about the champ element of it all. And neither one of them is uh, it's really just comes down to the, the gimmick as they made it was never going to work. There wasn't a right way to do it. And it's kind of leaving me where it's like fun that they're there at the end of every episode, but it's kind of not doing what they hoped. It's kind of only making that people complain about the eliminations. And then while at, the, while at the same time being like, well, Kara eight and Laurel eight, everyone just says, Adam, I'm so old. I don't know all these terms and stuff, but yeah, everyone just says eight. eight. I guess Kara ate like, like ate so much during this episode. According <laughs> to Twitter. Um, but we're like, we're not actually creating the new stars either. Instead, it's like more people dislike Michelle now because they're comparing her yeah. to Laura, Laurel and Kara or dislike whoever, because they're comparing them to these champs coming in. And so, uh, we could talk more about when we talk about the elimination, I'm sure later, but uh, yeah. I think the champs element, there wasn't a right way for them to do it. And I don't think they should have done it because of that. Um, but outside of it, I really love the cast. I have a much higher opinion of most of the cast members than it seems general consensus is yep. with a couple glaring differences where I have a pretty negative opinion <laughs> about one or two that, uh, that may be um, different on those as well that some people maybe really like. And I've, really don't care for it all. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll discover who those names are throughout the, throughout this episode. Oh, oh it's, yeah. It's going to be a great venture. I mean, Oh yeah. This it, is going to be a fun episode for us. All. I'm nervous. <laughs> but like I was telling Rick is like, if you really think about it, there's not a whole lot to really talk about for the actual daily or the elimination. This was a very house Alliance, you know, power shifting type of, it's the best uh, episode. episode. So. And so it was so good. I'm I'm excited for this one. And and I, I want to add on to Jake's point. I think they could have covered a lot of the conceptual mistakes that they made of this season by giving these champs eliminations that were geared to them, like Jordan got, like Devin got. Like you d- don't give Laurel a puzzle. Give her pole wrestle. Don't give Kara a puzzle. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, give sorry. her, you know, a physical or an endurance based mm-hmm. elimination. If you're going to pay fan service by bringing these champs in to up your ratings, at least give us what we want to see. I don't want to see Kara in the puzzle. Like, it's just, <laughs> no. Like, well, that, and it makes me wonder, like, did they do it on purpose? Like, because her and Laurels, they were oddly similar to things we know that they didn't do great at. So did they purposefully set it up this way? Was it just 
like Karina said the last or I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but like not knowing the order of which Merc was coming in and was it luck of the draw? Did they plan it? I have questions. Yeah, it feels like a very fine line between to be the best, you have to beat the best. And we want to make the new cast comparable to the legends. So here are the legends in eliminations that they're not as swift at. Mm-hmm. And here's the people that are going to beat them. So, I, oh, I'm sorry. Nah, go ahead. No, that I, that was basically it. Other than the fact that like, yes, Michelle was helped, but she was helped from people that were at a vantage point that you could actually see the puzzle better. So I'm not saying that there's an issue with being helped. Like everybody has been helped throughout the history of the challenge. Yeah. I just mean Mm -hmm. like to be able to see the puzzle at a different angle is beneficial. She got help. I mean, and I don't, I don't think anybody's going to deny that just like, you know, uh, Raven got help last week with Laurel. Yeah. But if we're going to start like discounting that, then we have to discount every fucking elimination in the history of the challenge. Yeah, everybody's going to help people who are in elimination to save them $10,000. Nobody's going to say, I hope you do well. I'm going to stand over here quietly. I'll wait until you're done. Kudos. Do the best you can. She did say on the MTV's podcast that she didn't need the help. People were yelling to help and she didn't need the help. She needed help with rolling the boxes. Well, people yelled how to do it. So, yeah, (laughs) well, that's I'm listening to it. I was like, oh, but you did. (laughs) So someone should have taken the opportunity and helped Kara, though, because that's what really you wanted to actually like make a name for yourself. You know, it'd be fucking cool if you walk to the Mm -hmm. other end of the dais and you're like, I want Michelle to go home. Screw it. Like. Here you go, Cara. I'll help you out. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's. I want us to get into the show and actually start going oh, about yeah. it as we give detail. But before we do that, I, I know we Katie wants to give a shout out. Oh yeah, yes. When we did our live the other day, I uh, was very nervous and I was not looking at any of the names or comments coming up because I've never done it before. So I was like, I'm just not going to look at it. I'm go- I'm just going to go off of Karina and Rick because that makes me feel safe. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and my client, Amy, she is one of my favorite clients. She's one of my favorite people. She's a longtime challenge fan and she listens and she popped on and she said hi. So giving her a little shout out. Thank yeah. you so much, Amy. That's yeah. freaking awesome. We appreciate the support. And that's awesome that you had somebody like at least I know you didn't notice her in there, but, you know, on your first live, like you said, you were yeah. nervous and stuff like that. So it's always nice to know, like, you know, that people are supporting what you're doing. So that's yeah. awesome. Major shout out. Amy. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it 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 still kind of gets me when people are like, oh, yeah, we listen to you. And it's like, why? <laughs> are you OK? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you need help with your decision making? <laughs> We're challenge fans. <laughs> Don't give it away. I'm not. That's all. Because I'm, I'm saving that one. I put yeah, in that but. one. I'm not. I'm not letting out till we're ready to drop because then everybody's going to want to. It's going to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should involve cha- we should involve Jacob. Oh yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that, but just yeah, not, not on, on the, the air. podcast. I got, I got, I got hive mind. Yes, secondary hive mind. But first, Instinct. but <laughs> 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 
It doesn't mean the boys you... are regretting adding me on after all. I'm gonna see myself out now. No, no, it's gonna be great when when you and Alexis are on with Karina and you guys start really going at it, and me and Tony just sit on the sidelines and yeah. <laughs> Rick and I will be texting back and forth. Exactly. We'll just be like, huh? I wonder if they thought of this yet. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said, you know what we have thought of is getting into this episode of mm-hmm. which is episode 12 of Legend Returns. No foreshadowing at all. None. No foreshadowing mm-hmm. at all. However, I will say this might be their best title all season long. This might be their best <laughs> title in the last two or three seasons. You know, talk about simple. world champions and USA 2. Yeah, simple, straight to the point. You know, I, I like it. Yeah. Short is mm-hmm. not like a whole story. As I get the, it as the title, you know. I get to add so much to my made up title. You after. get to write the story this week. I yeah. know. I'm excited. So, <laughs> um, anyways, we get right into the intro with um. Well, it, there's there's a bunch of there's some a few things that happened before we, this, but let's go. So. At, well, the only thing that really is important to us that we're going to talk about <laughs> is Olivia is talking about how um she's feeling a certain way about not living up to the fans expectations of her. Yeah. And when she's what, sitting in the bed and you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I, I just, I don't know what she thinks her expectations are. Like we all consider her a badass for what she did in those eliminations. But I mean, I also don't look at Olivia necessarily like I look at Laurel, like, you know what I mean? I, I think there's so much yeah. to be proven, but mm. I get her. We see it with every season, you know, these people getting almost like imposter syndrome at yeah. a certain point throughout yes. the season. That's exactly it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It makes me so sad for her because I'm like, I don't think that about her at all. Like, I can't imagine what it's like being in that house in general and the mind trip that it is. And then if you aren't actually winning, I can't imagine how what you go through. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's my thing is like, I, I get where she's coming from because. There were already so many people from last season who were, you know, saying like, you know, Orasio's carrying her and uh-huh. getting too much help yep. from the from the audience to win all their eliminations and, you know, all that stuff, Um, you know. And then there was the other side of it, which we also see again later in this episode where, you know, people are like, actually, Olivia is the one who's kind of carrying Orasio because she has the social game. Mm-hmm. She's the one keeping them going in the game, you know, outside of the actual challenges. Um, you know, and then on top of that, we had that moment in that, you know, that, uh, what is that? The double decker hall brawl, you know, where she just absolutely mm-hmm. murdered Raven in there, you know, and then like RIP her, sh- her feet, RIP yeah. her feet on <laughs> the cheese awesome. grater floors. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but I think that, I think that just, you know, from, from all the things that she was able to accomplish last season. And how much fans just absolutely loved her. And even down to the point where like somebody made her a pair of shoes that said Barbie Beast on them and sent them to her. And then it was like a whole big thing with the fans on whether or not she's allowed to be called Barbie Beast because we already Mm -hmm. have our Barbie Beast and like just all this stupid shit. Right. But still, that's a lot of pressure to get from, you know, a bunch of strangers who are watching you compete athletically on a TV show. So I hate the saying that someone carried someone else in a pair season. Like, yeah, let's be honest. Uh, Would have Olivia went three and zero last season in eliminations without Horacio? Maybe not. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Would have Horacio gone into a lot more eliminations if it wasn't for Olivia? Yeah, probably. Yes. You know what I mean? Immediately. They helped each other. You know what I mean? 
I have a dissenting opinion on that last part. <laughs> okay, oh. let's hear it. Horacio was Laurel was attempting to sleep with Horacio, and Jordan was attempting to be Horacio's best friend, and so he had some social capital in the he house did. with Jordan. And Laurel didn't like. Jordan was a little bit in on like running up the part of the group that was running things. Um, Laurel was kind, sometimes was, sometimes wasn't. Um, was when Michelle wasn't in power, basically. <laughs> but, uh, so he had he had social capital based off being incredibly good looking and an incredible athlete because that's what attracted Laurel and Jordan uh, to him. Uh, you know, that's true. Each one, but um, but yeah, I, I feel bad that that part for Olivia, I feel horrible for and I empathize for. And it, you add into it also, it's not just fans and the people in the house; it's production. Because yes. they know, like yes. me and Horacio are being asked to like film all the stuff. Like we, they all the clips they keep putting out through the season, or even the commercial that plays every episode of the the mental health commercial um, that they yeah. filmed at the same time. It was Cara <laughs> and Darrell for the champs, and Horacio and Olivia for like the contenders. Were the people like, hey, you guys are like the we film extra stuff with you. You're the like spokespeople of the season or whatever. The face, so they have yeah. stuff like that, even all the way down to she's at every challenge mania um uh for the last year like legitimately almost every single one of them um including one i was at which maybe shades my opinions of olivia a little bit um but uh yeah so there's from out from every corner uh she is definitely having that that put on her of like you're supposed to kind of be one of the new people that does this thing and that's what this whole season's about so i can see why she would then be like I need to live up to that. Um, so in that way, I definitely empathize and I feel for her when we mm-hmm. talk about the part about her and Horacio later is maybe where I don't. And that's the thing too. Like I look at it as far as my expectation of Olivia coming into this game. I basically expected her to have a really strong social game to compete when she has to, but otherwise to sort of like hang back a bit. Because last season put a huge target on her back. And because she has a good social game, I kind of anticipated her trying to not be in the limelight as much as possible. Especially if people want, like the whole season is to make have a new champ. And you don't want the people that in some fans' minds only lost because they were medically DQ'd in that final. So like her best option is to do a CT and hide behind the wallpaper. Well, I think that's everybody's like ideal gameplay, right? Well, yeah, and, yeah. and there's counter thoughts that we hear from the cast and we'll get into that as we get down the road. What I, another thing I wanted to ask about is mm. what'd you guys think about orange shirt saying whether or not you win a daily challenge is not indicative of whether you can win the whole thing. You only need to win the thing <laughs> that matters, which is the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. What, what do you guys think? Do daily, do daily challenge wins matter? I don't remember a season where a champ didn't win at least one or two dailies. If you can't win a daily, how are you going to win a final? And I know we've got the right guest on to ask this one. Yeah. Um, let me, I'm going to do a little, uh, do a little spot check to, to double check. The, the, that's an interesting question. I think that it's beneficial to win dailies because winning dailies gives you power in the game, which keeps you around longer. It makes you make difficult decisions though. So it's kind of like shocking that I'm going to use a survivor analogy. What? I know you 
Never. It's shocking, I know, but it's like when you have like a family visit reward challenge. You want to be the person that gets picked. You don't want to be the person who wins because the person who wins has to make the decision of who sees their family and who doesn't. So when you win a daily, yes, you have the power, but it's a lot better if somebody else in your alliance gets the power. You know you're safe, but you don't have to get blood on your hands. And if you can win a daily, like if you can win a final, cool. And you can hide for the dailies. If that's going to work for you, then that's cool. I don't see it happening. I think that you need to have power at least once or twice because there are going to be points in this game, especially because it goes as long as it does now, that you're going to question your alliance and you're not going to want to put your fate in the game in their Mm -hmm. hands. You're going to want to be in control. Like case in point, if Michelle would have won this daily, there's no way that she could have been called down. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say was, I'm pretty sure if you asked anyone, hey, if do you want to win all the dailies this season? They're going to be like, yeah, because that means I'm fucking safe yeah, every all week. season. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so ideally you want to win dailies. But, you know, I, I do see the idea of like in certain situations. Yeah, it's better not to get blood on your hands. And CT's talked about that. I know we reference yeah. him obviously quite mm-hmm. a bit, but. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's like, you know, I don't really want to make this decision because it's going to result poorly on me by whoever I pick to go in. And I don't really have any bad feelings for anyone kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. So. Well, to speak to that quickly, CT, though, it depends on who you are in the game, whether you should want to win the dailies or not and take the risk of pissing people Mm -hmm. off that you throw in. Because like a CT also has the other side of. It takes a lot for someone to say my name and throw me in. They don't want to do that because yep. they know if I try <laughs> my best, I can win a lot of dailies. I'm probably going to win eliminations and you just don't want me as an enemy versus someone where like, you know, a Michelle, for instance, even though she you know does get the win over Kara in this episode is looked at as someone who might not have a great elimination record if he threw her in over and over and over again. And so people or she's probably much more on the end of I'll take the power. I'll take people disliking me because I I'm a little too nervous about getting thrown in to an elimination. So it kind of matters where your standing is personally. I, they matter to me as far as my estimation of how good you are, depending on what type of, you know, the daily is some of them matter a little more Mm -hmm. than others. Some of them translate to a final more than others. Um, But obviously as the King of the Fessy fan club, Daily wins matter a lot. Okay, let's just yes. say that. <laughs> let's be upfront. But for your history question, uh, the I went straight to two of two seasons that I thought would be the closest and probably are without going through all of them. The first one I thought of was Darrell and Aviv on Fresh Meat, who won two out of 15 dailies because Coral and Evan won seven of the first eight before yeah. they were almost dragged to the hospital, almost dying um, in I Evan's know. case. Um, <laughs> So that was close, but the biggest one that I thought they didn't win a single one, but they won one out of 14 was Ashley and Hunter. Mm. Uh, did not oh, perform yeah. well in the dailies. On, and it wasn't even that they didn't win. I, they actively did not perform well in right. dailies the whole season. And neither of them, Ashley is the weirdest, like three time, what is three time winner, not two time winner, three time winner, whatever. Of like, she's like not that good at dailies or eliminations. So she's probably most what Michelle is speaking to in this moment. I don't think Ashley's all that good at dailies or eliminations, but she's really good at a final. And that doesn't yeah. totally make sense, but it's true. 
Um, and Hunter is somewhat similar. He's decent in the like really physical eliminations, but otherwise right. not great. And a lot of the dailies isn't always that great. He's just really good at eating and he can carry stuff. And that's half of the final. And so in a partner final that that worked out really well for them up until that very last little moment where it didn't work out so well for him. But um, God bless him because <laughs> on his side in that one. Uh, but yeah, so that's the answer to your history question. I'm guessing that's the least any winner has been a part of because um, I checked all the individual seasons and like Kara won some, Jody, Jody and Wes on duel won some. Uh, yeah, pretty much all the individual seasons. The person who won at least won a couple of the dailies, which is impressive when they're mostly individuals anyways. It's a little harder to win versus the team or pairs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like Michelle because she makes great TV and I'll use her real name right now because I'm I'm going to give her a little bit of a compliment and a shit sandwich too. Yeah, orange shirt. If you like the shirts from either <laughs> last week, she did tweet out links or Instagram stories, links to both of them. Yeah, I appreciated that one of them was a Rick Paul. That is actually really great. I love that so much. Um, I, I like her because she makes good TV. But as far as like working with her in the game, I just couldn't do it. She no, is, I couldn't either. She's overly paranoid. She's overly almost confident on her social game. But it's really like, I don't see a great social game. I see you in the game with a lot of people that you have previous connections with and are friends with. Or pregame. Or you well, are just, friends with Jay and Jay's friends with a lot of people on this season. Just you know what I mean? some of the comments that she makes and like the way she makes them like would bother me if I was in the game, if I was like working with her. And when she makes those little comments like, well, it's my money anyway. I'd be like, bitch, watch me kick you out this house right now. Yeah. I see whose money it is. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Shush it. <laughs> she's good at reality TV. Oh, yeah. She's she really phenomenal. is. She made it through two seasons of survivor to the end. So she wasn't voted out at all. And I think what's funny is her being good and getting to that point twice made her so paranoid when she hit this house and the game is totally different because like we always say survivor, you get voted out and you're out here. If you're voted out, you then have to take on somebody else to stay in. And like, I, if my game was based around, I don't want to be there. And then I get put into a position of, even if I do end up there, I have to do another thing first. Then I would also be paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I, it'll take me in a long tangent. So I'm yeah. going to avoid this one. Um, <laughs> to preface, I also find it like tedious. I am not defending the fact that she's paranoid. I'm saying I can see why she's paranoid. I think what Corey said later on the episode, and I'll talk about that later, is spot on. Mm. But um, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Go. Oh, I was just going to say, I know Narice and Kylan had a little bit of a conversation about uh, how friends and people who have your back can be uh, different. And different. I think this yeah, goes yeah, yeah, yeah. The, for me, this this related Words back. And we, we some of us, obviously, not all of us were on this episode, um, but back to the the Corey Lay versus Melissa and Big T thing. Um, where, you know, it, it, it was, a. I think the way Corey phrased it is he said, like, I can, I can be your friend and love you and support you in real life and not want to work with you on the show. And I feel like this is the same kind of idea. And I'm just curious, like how you guys feel about that idea of, you know, can you actually be friends with somebody in this house, but not work with them as part of the game? Like, is that 
possible to do? I think if you're if you're friends enough with somebody that you really get to know who they are, like as a person, but also how they would ultimately play a game like this. I think you have to be able to say, like, support you outside the house. I cannot play that game with you. That is not how I play. That is not how I will thrive. So I'm sorry. Best of luck to you. I'll do my best not to say your name in the house, but I can't protect you the same way that I could if you were playing a game that ran parallel. I just I've never figured out why people who are actually like good friends outside of this house and then have come on for the first time on on seasons and then they're together the whole time. They're just best of friends in the house and it automatically yeah. creates a fucking target. Why wouldn't you pregame on mm-hmm. this and say, look, we're best friends, dude. I got your back. You got my back. We're going to play the whole house, one side of this alliance and the other side of this alliance, if we can make it happen. And that way we're covered on both sides at all times. You know, I've constantly got your back and that would seem the smarter way to play it for me. Yeah, you got to pull a, it wasn't quite, they weren't best friends by any means, but the only ones to really ever, and they only made it half a season successful, but Wes and Jen, Jen with two N's, mm-hmm. uh, one, of, one of the first big crushes of my, my reality TV life. Um, <laughs> they on Fresh Meat 2 came in as like, we're friends from previous season. We're going to, we're going to work mm-hmm. together, but we're act like we were going to talk about this before. And when we get there, you're going to befriend Kenny, my sworn enemy that I know I'm going to be going for. Yep. And you're going to be like a mole and I'm going to protect you, but in secret. So like, you're never going to come up in this side of the Alliance, but like we have to get in other sides of the Alliance and then talk late at night when no one finds out and share some info and whatnot. Yep. And eventually it came out by, you know, two thirds through the season or whatever, but it was really smart and a good strategy. And in this house, the only one that is kind of like that, that I'm still confused off of is Asaf and Jay. Yeah. Do people not know that they're... I don't get it. We're watching the edit. And they're <laughs> telling us like, they're best friends. We see them on social media now after this, everything. But like they were they were they weren't on social media together every day before this season. But like they were known friends, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so are they hiding it that well? They might not have been on social media every day before this season, but they were definitely on social media together before mm-hmm. this season. So I'm just confused. Like nobody pays attention to their cast. Yeah. Like we interviewed Jay and he said that he was actively making music with us off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I realized that they don't do pregame by backwatch, like by listening to all of our unplugged. They fucking should. They, they should because we have all <laughs> the details. Clearly. If they watched, if they watched the Jay interview, they would know that he's cool with the soft. Yeah. And then the Fantastic Four would have been kaput. But instead, run in the house. Yep, exactly. Look, I'm just saying you guys can get a lot of insight challengers by listening to our unplugged episodes. People, mm-hmm. yeah. people talk more than they think they do. Mm-hmm. Just put that out. You can't, you can't stop, drop and open up shop all by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DMX. Sorry, I just um, Walter Math out. <laughs> anyway, um, so also while while Kylan and Narice are having this discussion, um, you know, Kylan is telling Narice like that he feels like Jay and Michelle, Olivia, like side of things is kind of like drifting away. Um, and it cuts to a a confessional uh, from Narice where she says, you know, that she came into this game having Kylan and Narasio's back as well as Jay and Michelle and Olivia's back. And that she is not going to choose side. 
I am curious how, what you guys think about this and how what you guys like, how is this going to work out for her? You were literally coming down to the wire where those are the only people left in the game. So how uh, yeah. are you going to get through the next potentially five, six episodes without making a choice? I feel mm-hmm. like she. So here's my opinion on this. And I could be completely off base, which wouldn't be unnatural. But I think that comment was her calling back to before she was in a relationship with Orasio. I think Orasio very much changes that dynamic because, you know, as soon as they found out that or she found out that Orasio's team won, she's like, well, at least I know he's safe and I don't have to. She doesn't really uh, she's not going to vote for Jay, but I don't think she if it came down to it, she would be like, Jay's got to go. I want Orasio here. That's fair. I feel like it's very similar to like the Mariah and James situation. Like Mariah, if if it's down to a guy's day and it's James or someone else in her alliance, she's saving James. Yeah. Right. But not the ladies. She's definitely willing <laughs> to vote for all them ladies that she's supposed to be in alliance <laughs> mm-hmm. for. And they're helping push her that way. And uh, yeah. yes, it's been my I've been waiting all season. This episode in the kind of rift that we start to see between Maurice and Olivia, especially you know, I, I stay far away from the spoilers um, it, as best I can. And this season, I've been completely, uh, you know, I'm completely clean, I guess would be one way to say it <laughs> from them. But there are some things that you can't stay away from if they're mm-hmm. like relational stuff. And it is very well known that those two ladies don't get along very well post-show. <laughs> and so I've been waiting all season of like, is this just going to be a blow up? And there's like a Horacio element to it. Or is there going to be a blow up a Horacio element to it? And then like of someone voted someone in. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I really hope there is because that sounds fun. Uh, And so (laughs) I think Narice is definitely she's like, look, if I I, there's I've only I'm only aligned with enough guys that could go to a final with me. Yeah. And that's fine. If I lose the Horacio, like that's going to be my money. He's going to be gone for eight months filming. (laughs) I'll get that money when it hits his bank account. No problem. But I'm <laughs> friends with all these girls. We can't all go to the final. So I think right. she's down. If it came to it, she'd vote Michelle. She'd vote Olivia. She'd vote Mariah. She'd vote anyone in that house on the female side. I, I think, think so so she's good with like, if I defend Jay, that'll hopefully keep me defending, you know, the, all the women he's tied to. And otherwise, I'm really only defending these three guys. And that's not too many people. And it's a pretty smart way to play, in all honesty, because if she saves the right people at the right time, it looks like she's saving everybody all the time. And in reality, you only have to play for this season. You yeah. can mend your fences next season, or you can be on a rivals team together next time that they do that. Mm-hmm. Either exactly. way, you're like, you're positioning yourself. Well, my, my favorite thing that was said about like anybody talking shit about anybody else was when Mariah was like, I don't know if you realize but Col- Colleen is pretty sneaky, you know, the person that they chose from a show called the mole where she yeah. was the mole and she won because she beat everybody else. Yeah. She may be slightly sneaky. Yeah. Bang on detective. <laughs> I have feelings about this. Apparently just jumping back to what you were saying about Norris, um, you know, making like having a good, that, that being a good uh, way to, you know, to play with the girls. I want to give her major, major props. Now, I personally, I'm not putting a whole lot of weight into this 
rumor that is apparently that is now rumored to be a rumor from going through like six different people, including Anissa and all this. It, I'm not works. putting a lot of weight into what she was what she was told um, on the phone. However, I do want to compliment her because it, like almost anybody else would have came out of that room ready to fight. And she is not saying anything. She's holding this information. She's using it for her game, but she is not like exploding, overreacting. She's not reacting at all to the information she just got. She's playing it cool. She's keeping Olivia on her side. I just feel like she's playing this information she was given, whether it's true or not. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Um, But I feel like she's playing it really well. So, and I, I brings me up to what I was actually going to say when, when Jacob was kind of talking about the whole situation with mm-hmm. Norris and all that. But to me, I think she plays this game almost better than anyone else in this house, the, especially the social setting and understanding how the pieces are moving and holding information till the right time. Going back to what you also said, I remember watching a story and I mentioned this before was she was at like a promo game at the Oakland Raiders and she was doing a story and she showed like the, you know, the billboard for the challenge and she's talking about everybody and she purposely skipped over only one person. That was Olivia. Mm. And so I was like, and I, one of the challenge T pages posted about it and I was like, Oh, I wonder what's going on. And we've been watching the season and I'm waiting and waiting. And finally we get this episode. I'm like, Oh, here we go. (laughs) What the fuck's going to go down? And then she just plays it Mm -hmm. so smooth. Like you said, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. Well, also I feel like she's learning from her past mistakes. Cause when she was on, are you the one she's not quite as she's the one that's openly talked about going to anger management, right? Yeah. 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 Like legit, like not some like, Oh, like I went to like, no, like you went to like real, the real deal stuff for a while. I think there might've been a reason she had to go, but, (laughs) but she's going. So nonetheless, and it's made a difference. We can see it, but you can see she's, she's simmering. Yeah, Yeah, she definitely is to wrap that point up. She's also, I'm sure we'll talk about the list, the beautiful list. Colleen is just making later in the episode, but in that core, the four people that were in the middle of this thing, three of them were then mentioned throughout the episode about like, how can we let this happen? One of them was not. Uh And that was Norris. No one cares Mm -hmm. that Norris is in the middle of everyone. Everyone's like, yeah, of course she is. She's great. Like who, who doesn't (laughs) want her there? We're all good with that. The other three. No, no, no. So uh, she's got she's got the strongest position in the house, I think, uh, pretty cut and dry at this point. It was kind of tied yeah. with others until this episode. But at this point, I feel like there's I don't unless Olivia really gets upset at her and like is like we all have to vote for Norris for some reason. I don't think others would even go with it. But like, I don't see any any way she isn't just like kind of skating by and like I'm, yeah. no one cares that I'm, you know, totally in control. And that's the thing. It's like. Everybody's saying Michelle, 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 which Michelle's playing a role. I think she's the glue holding a big part of this alliance together, which is mentioned later on. But Norris is, I think, Mm -hmm. the one pulling the strings to all of this, in my opinion. But all right. So I'm really excited to bring up this next point because I think this is there's been a point of contention between us to the point where Karina hit me with the agree to disagree. And I was just like, okay, I also got hit with an agree to disagree. Yeah. So. And and I feel like we're not going to agree on this. Um, no. And I'm interested to get Jacob and, and Katie's take on this is so we get the scene of after Norice is told that Olivia's been talking shit, a rumor of it. Uh, Michelle asks Norice how she feels about Horacio hanging with Zara. 
And, you know, she gives kind of, you know, an answer. Nerese like, doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. She's got <laughs> plenty of plutonium. is like, I've made out with Cardi B in a music video. Do you yeah. think yeah. I fucking care about Zara <laughs> working out next to my man? I don't. Okay. It took her two fucking minutes to say, I already know I'm the hottest bitch here and I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. God damn, I should have grabbed this because this is every time I hear this sound, I think about Narice. But it's that there's like a sound on Instagram. It's it's from an interview um, somebody did with uh, Zendaya. And she's like, how hard is it to wake when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror? How hard is it to not say Man, these bitches don't even come close. <laughs> like, that's the in that moment for me. Okay. Like, she just took a long time to say it. <laughs> it's, to me, it's the Ricky Bobby. Well, Cal, I wake up every morning, I just piss, I piss excellence. excellence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a big, hairy, winning American machine. All right. Yeah. You know? And you know what the other part of it is for her? She's like, yeah, you know what? She, you know why they hang out so much? Horacio works out all fucking day long, and so does Zara. I don't want to do that. Exactly. Like, yeah, he can he can work out. With, she can work out with him literally fifteen hours a day, <laughs> as long as he comes into the bedroom where I'm at late at night. We have the dinner, we have bed, whatever. I don't want to do any of that. So that's go do that with her. Yeah, no problem. So uh, after you know, Narisa's it's all one rant, big conversation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Olivia speaks up and says that. Um, you know, she's been feeling some type of way about Horacio and how, um, you know, he's not giving her equal friendship um, on this season. And she calls him selfish to Narice. He's such a taker and he's selfish. He's such a taker. He just takes the guy who doesn't talk, takes and takes and takes. Yeah. And then you just see the fucking anger flash over Narice's face. Um, so she's immediately pissed off because now Olivia is talking smack about her new boo thing. Um, so here's my question. Is it okay to like, is it okay to go into a season and be in an alliance with somebody, but not talk to them? Unless that's an agreed upon thing. Like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen thing. How, how, what are you guys' thoughts on what Olivia is expecting versus what is being what's happening. You guys were just on a season called Ride or Dies. You have we've we've interviewed Arasio. Arasio and Olivia have known each other <coughs> back in college before any of them were on TV together. Mm-hmm. Olivia still hangs out with Arasio's family. You mm-hmm. know, like they're like they're friends. Mm-hmm. So I think to me, it's a little bit of an overreaction. Because I think in Horacio's heart, he knows he'll never say Olivia and he'll always campaign to keep Olivia off the chopping block. Where Olivia, I think, needs that reassurance from Horacio to let her know that she's still safe with him and he still cares about her. And, and I get it because he's hanging out with Zara. He's with Norris all the time or he's working out. But, you know, I... I think she just went a little bit far with how she was feeling about Horacio with the girl that's in love with Horacio. It was the wrong, it was the wrong person to vent to about it, in my opinion. But I see both sides of the story. So I'm going to play the middle ground of this. But my thing is, is I take some blame towards Olivia or she's not taking accountability because if you're really feeling this way and he's your ride or die, why can't you go have the conversation with him? Why is it all on him? One of my favorite, like, just lines in general is use your words. Go talk to him. 
that are they talking like have they already talked about this and like Horacio's not changing Olivia's not changing her expectations or is she just like talking to everyone else expecting that they're gonna go tell him like oh you need to go talk to your friend like what's happening I I, I don't know I just I want to know if there's been conversations oh, that there's a just lot missing from the story right there's so much missing so have they actually had the conversations and we're yeah. just not seeing them I just I don't know. I feel like there's so much that goes into it. The other thing too is like, like Rick said, they've been friends for a really long time. So I also see both sides of it. Like from Horacio's standpoint, just from like what I've seen of Horacio and like our conversation with him, he seems to be the type that like, if it's in his head, then that's like, that's it. Like it's done deal. So if he's been friends with Olivia for so incredibly long, it may be to his detriment. It may be the one person that he feels that he doesn't need to continually check in with because she, in his mind, she should know that he's never going to say her name and that mm-hmm. he's not going to like campaign against her. He will actively campaign for her. And it was juxtaposed with the, like his conversation saying like, I would never say Olivia. And I'm sure that like, that's obviously heavily edited. And they went to go find that because they had the contrasting opinion. But by the same token, like if you've known Olivia for that long and that's how Olivia is going to react in a situation, then that's probably how Olivia reacts in a situation. So you Mm -hmm. should also know that you need to check in with your friend. So it goes Mm -hmm. both ways. I agree with Katie. Like I agree with you. Like, Olivia can also go and have that conversation and say like, look, dude, we're ride or dies. Like we did the Oreo rolling thing with the mustard and the hot sauce. Like, come on, man, get off, <laughs> like get hit with the program. And that, that could be the, the trigger for Horacio to be like, oh shit. Like I yeah. completely dropped the ball on this. Um, she did say though, that he didn't call her and tell her that he was going to be on the show. But like, but did you call him and tell him that you were going to be on to the show? To be fair, he was scheduled to be doing that seven-on-seven seven soccer tournament, and like, that happened. And oh, then all the, okay. So it was probably yeah, and so then all quick. of a sudden he wasn't on the team. He was listed, but he wasn't playing. And then it was from the cast or he's on the season. So we don't know the exact circumstance. Yeah. I want you to get. I, I want. I want to hear Jacobs. So I'm okay. going to go last. Okay. Because <clears throat> I already know I'm sitting on my own. But I already know that I'm going to rip up every argument you guys are throwing on the table right now. So I'm going to just let all of them lay on the table so I can just rip them up one by one. Which team are you on on your own, Horacio or Olivia? Olivia. Oh, damn. Well, you ain't going to like my opinion then. Uh, I'm fully team Horacio. Um, yeah, words go both ways. In boys, it's because they're boys. This is a very boy thing. I think Tony yes. was spot on that, like, in Horacio's head, he's like, nothing's changed. So, like, I don't have a reason to talk to you. And so, which it could be super duper frustrating. So I understand that yeah. you'd be very frustrated with that, but I believe him when he says like, I would, if like your name came up in an argument, I, I believe Horacio would sit there and be like, absolutely not. Like we're not, we're not doing that no matter what. Um, and then also, yeah, with all the timing stuff, you don't need to call everyone that you're going to be on the season. And then the final part is we do forget Obviously, Olivia went through some legitimate trauma at the end of last season. Um, But that doesn't mean Horacio also went through some trauma. Not the same kind, because obviously Olivia was the one who had her face face. smashed by a golf ball in 
was horrendous and she's an absolute badass and a warrior for just coming through that in any way. Horacio, the competitor that he is, the way in the way he does not, he is not someone I'm guessing that enjoys that he wept on screen on on the show at the end of last season when and the producer had to come out and hug him and tell him like it was going to be okay, but he couldn't keep competing and everything. And I feel like there's maybe a little bit of him too that is a little bit like distant from her because he kind of wants to, I did this season with a partner last season and at no fault of her own or anyone's, it like ended the way it did. And I'm just here to like, I am so focused. I'm such a competitive guy and I love sports. I just want to like do this and be on my own and play and like not really talk almost at all about any of this stuff. I just want to show up and compete and not be told I'm not allowed to compete again because that was such a, you know, a traumatic thing for him too. Uh, again, still still not comparable to his partner's trauma. That was that was the cause of then his little bit of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it can be super frustrating for her, but I get I get where he's coming from. This is also shaded by I'm not the biggest fan of hers. And so that's that's not. But that's not from the show. That's from Challenge Mania. Karina's about to like crack her knuckles here in a second. She's just like Karina's right. getting ready over here, just like fixing her shirt, getting ready. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my thing. Um, as as far as you know, Arasio and Olivia doing a season together, knowing each other from college, all this stuff. We literally just had a conversation minutes ago about how you can be friends in the house, but not work together. So Olivia being confused about whether or not we're on friendship basis or we're working together because you're not even talking to me on either front is, in my opinion, like unarguable. Like you did. We just had the discussion, number one. And number two. I'm going to tie something together from later in the episode, which I normally don't do, but it applies here. The, the most messed up part is that she's right, because we get a conversation later with, between Horacio and Zara, where he literally tells Zara, mm-hmm. I don't think I can work with Olivia and because we are not working with the same people. So he is having those thoughts. He is straying away from her and not talking to her about this. And yes, conversation does go both ways. But that also includes Horacio. Now, do I think Olivia is completely like faultless in this? No, she should be going. to. I, 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 I agree with you, Katie, mm-hmm. that she's she's using other people to like tell them and hopefully they'll mention it to him. So then he's like, oh, I got to go mm-hmm. talk to it because she's probably nervous. Right. Yeah. About having that confrontation yeah. moment yeah. with Horacio. Uh-huh. So she, that part is definitely on her. She needs to buck up and go talk to him. Um, but he needs to be doing the same thing. And that's the th- it's it's the it's a two way street because they were working on the same alliance, and he is mm-hmm. the one straying away from that alliance now. So it, to me, it's kind of like if you're going to stray away, then you should be you should at least like have the courtesy to let somebody know, like, hey, look, we're just not seeing eye to eye on this game anymore. And you know, I love you. We're still friends. I'm a, we'll we'll go out to dinner when we get out of here, or like whatever, you know. But I just don't think it's fair to put it all on on Olivia when in actuality, she's 100 percent right in what she feels is going on. It is going on. Well, yeah, but at the same time, he literally tells Zara in that same conversation that she's still my fucking ride or die. Well, no, and I, I get that. But that's what I'm saying. We just had the, the discussion between what the difference is between working with somebody and being friends with somebody. Right. Like, but he's applying that to the game, saying that I would never like my ride or die means I wouldn't throw her under the bus. I wouldn't vote her. If it in. came between Norris and Olivia, you're going to tell me he's not going to throw Olivia in. Uh, Norris even said the other day on a live that 
they have the conversation. She told him, I would understand. I will completely understand if Olivia is your number one. I'm like your number two. If it was one on one. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. But I think that's the only scenario. And just real quick, my thing is, is yes, words work or they go both ways. And he, should he have the conversation? Yes. But unless she is open to tell him how she feels, how is he supposed to know? Unless someone else says something in this, you know, mm-hmm. in the challenge house, knowledge is power. So people aren't sharing everything. So if she's feeling this certain type of way and he has no clue, I, it's on her to express her feelings, not on mm-hmm. him to necessarily go and seek him out when he already thinks everything's good. Well, and he's dating <clears throat> their, her best friend, apparently. And I think this goes back to what Katie really said is that, you know, we don't know like how these conversations have gone because we do know that Horacio and Olivia have had some sort of conversation about this um, Mm -hmm. because she's been talking about this since what, like episode like four or five. She's been talking about how, you know, Horacio is making her feel like she's doing more for him than he's doing for her. And and I I feel like there was, I feel like there was a conversation uh, that she was having maybe with like Mariah or something where she said that she had like tried to talk to Horacio about it, but he just wasn't very like receptive in that moment. And I get it. He's probably very difficult to to talk to about hard things like that, you know, because he he doesn't like confrontation. You can tell he's that kind of person yeah. that doesn't like verbal confrontation, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just think in this situation, it's a it's a. It's a both of their fault. It's a both of oh, their yeah. problem. And mm-hmm. they're both fucking up on their their friendship and their alliance together. And they both need to get their shit together, like at the end of the day. Yes. But I, I just think that disregarding Olivia's feelings in this moment, because, you know, and assuming that Horacio just has this already in his head is is not fair as a fan. So I can't do that. I just, I, I just, I think that it falls on both of them. And I think that it's going to end up fucking up their friendship. And that sucks to see. I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, everything that's being implied on social media is, yeah, it's fucked up their friendship a little yeah, bit. And I yeah. mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying that she's wrong. He's, there right. is, yeah, there's no right or wrong in the situation. Like they're both, mm-hmm. they're both wrong. They're both right. It's, we always say like your truth, their truth, the truth. <laughs> Their feelings are both valid and every, yeah, they're both right and wrong on the friendship side. The one other element though, on the Alliance side that could be leading to, and again, it's still very frustrating uh, because like, use your words, Horacio, or like talk, talk about it. The friendship deserves to talk about it if this is the case. But I do think he also realized from just purely the Alliance perspective that he, while he might be willing to fight for her, he knows and he's slowly over the last few episodes it started, you know, in the fourth or fifth episode or whatever, where everyone was like, Horacio, like you're we're kind of looking at you to like say a name or like have some leadership. And he would like didn't want to do it. And then from that point on, it was slowly a lot of the people in the main alliance that Olivia is in a lot of the guys, especially Jay and Asaf being like, you should probably not run a final against Horacio and slowly but surely kind of pushing him out to where at by this point uh, he is feeling like I can't work with. I'm like you're the group that she is working with doesn't want to work with me. And so other than the girl I'm sleeping with, like I, I can be okay with you being on like both sides of this or whatever, but like I'm kind of out here picking up all the other stragglers that have been cast aside or targeted from that group. But again, 
that's then very frustrating if you're like, yeah, but we should have a good enough friendship that if you decide to not be in aligned with me in the game, maybe you could pull me aside and like the friendship could at least get that conversation. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that's definitely, he's definitely feeling a little bit like I can't, like we don't, I don't work with that group anymore and you're a part of that group. And yeah. I'm, I don't like being uncomfortable or talking a lot in general. So we're just never going to, you're going to probably slowly but surely realize that I'm kind of over here in this group now and you're in that group and we'll eventually realize it. And yeah, it's going to, it clearly didn't do good for the friendship. That's for sure. For Rossio, it's sort of like, well, all of the men in your alliance seem to have painted a target on my back. And if I'm a little bit further over there, then the target's a little bit harder to hit. Because if I'm actively working with you to get me out, then it doesn't bode well for my prize money at the end. In the words of the great banana man himself. All he said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. It's true. All is fair, baby. All is fair. It will always be true. With that being said, uh, after this, we get into the daily. That was an intense. That was kind of an intense intro, by the way. We literally just spent an hour on before we even got to the daily. I was debating on sending us to break. (laughs) No, let's 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 do this. Let's break through the daily. It's going to be super quick. But with the daily, it's called We All Fall Down. They missed a golden opportunity of We All Wall Down. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) Could have done it. It would have worked. I like it. But that's showbiz, baby. You don't don't hit every one of them. You could have done balls to the wall. From the window to the wall. The sweat dropped down. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, uh, if you want to know what the daily <laughs> is, go watch it. Um, it's just, a spinning wall. You got to push people off. That's it. Just as a quick reminder, team one is Colleen, Raven, Jay, and Asaf. Team two is James, Michelle, Kyland, and Mariah. Team three was Olivia, Narice, Corey, and Emmanuel. And then team four was Zara, Berna, Orasio, and Ed. And before we even break into talking about how we feel about that, because there's not a whole lot. We can't really break down what happened up on the platforms. Um, You know, we'll go over who won in each round, but really like y'all know what happened. But before we get into talking about how how we felt about this daily, I just want to say the golden moment of this daily for me was the uh, team twos pre-interview uh, to the oh. to the daily when we find out that apparently Kylan mentioned something to Mariah about how he was concerned <laughs> that maybe potentially Michelle might try to throw the challenge to get him or James in since they're like the targets. And then Mariah went and took that to Michelle and told Michelle mm-hmm. and Michelle flips out. She has a Michelle down right in the pre-interview and I was here for every single second of it. It was so glorious and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So okay. thank you for that entertaining moment, Michelle. It was amazing. <laughs> it's the most chaos we've seen in this entire section of the game. She's the best. So fast too. I didn't see it coming. She's such a smart ass with her I responses too. Fuck. <laughs> She's like, I'm so glad that we're in this, you know, in this team here that requires trust because we have so much trust here. I was like, <laughs> Also like, even if even if Michelle does try to sabotage this, she's the smallest person on a team that consists of James, Kyland, and Mariah. They don't need her to be in the competition <laughs> unless she actively sabotages them by tying their shoelaces together. Yeah. It's not going to matter. <laughs> like, if you're really worried about her, push her off the platform and you yeah. three, you go at it. Like, James could literally throw her off the platform. 
Yeah, like just ridiculous. I mean, I wish he would have, but he didn't. Um, so really quick. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Kylan, though, on this, because Kylan, who has a couple times this season said that, you know, like he's a big fan and that he's also now that he's been on the show, like studies the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kylan, I, I just want to let you know that you're the only one in this cast that has any clue about anything that's ever happened on this show, including yes. these people have been Thank on. Thank you, Kylan. You're the only one smart enough to think, hey, it's been a strategy before or could be now to like throw challenges when it's advantageous to you. No one else is thinking that far, Kylan. Yeah. You are the only one. And God bless you no. for being the one person with the brain of strategy on this season. We were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, outside of Jay, Kylan's going to be the only one who knows who Brad is. <clears throat> well, yeah. there's, a, there's yeah. actually more fans on there than I. I think Maurice, Maurice might, because she said that she was a... And he's at least been on recent enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, Brad yeah, has been on stars. recent enough, you know. But um, speaking mm-hmm. of Ed... <laughs> Did you guys My catch man. his comment where he's like, have you ever seen me and Batman in the same room? That was, that <laughs> was <Nope>. so amazing. <laughs> That's on my potential for a line of the night. I'm going to head for that because that was absolutely phenomenal. It was so perfectly timed. I loved it. <laughs> so the way the daily broke down real quick is team one versus team two, then team three versus team four. It's a tournament format. Team one. No, team two team wins. Team two b- beats team one and then team four beats team three. And then team four beats team two. Which... So Arras. Berna, Zaza, Horacio, Ed. Did you see see the battle of the butt cheeks between Zaza, Zaza and Berna? <laughs> Berna's butt cheeks, baby. Every week. Every yeah. week. It was Zara's this time. We need a sticker with Berna's butt cheeks. I was watching it and I was like half paying attention. And then Sarah said, whose butt is that? And without looking, I was like, it's probably Berna's. <laughs> and then Berna's. she was like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, that's Zara. That's Zara. <laughs> That's Berna. <laughs> Speaking of Zara, I wanted to talk about Zara a little bit because this is Zara's fifth daily win this season. Yep. Um, and I know that like some of those are like, you know, team wins and stuff like that. But what's impressive to me is when somebody can come in and they can work in a, in a, in a partnership or in a team with a variety of different people and get that amount of wins. Um, so they can't really be like, oh, she was carried mm-hmm. on the team because she's keeps doing it with different people over and over again. So I'm curious. How do you guys feel about Zara? And would you like to see her become like a regular yes. for the yes. flagship? I love how athletic she is. And like, she, I don't know. I like her personality. I feel I feel like she is the female Horacio. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too, right? Like when I was looking at them together and trying to figure out the whole like Horacio, Olivia, whatever, whatever, whoever, what like what it came down to is the reason that Zara and Horacio are always together is because both of them are like physical specimens. They're working Mm -hmm. out every aspect of everything all the time. They're not getting involved in house drama, although they are, they just don't know. And they're just like maximizing every opportunity they have to be in peak physical condition for dailies, for eliminations, for whatever. I liked Zara a lot on her season and I was sad that they went out so quickly on Worlds. So I would absolutely love to see Zara and like some of the other people like Kieran and people like that to be like mainstays on the flagship. She's the best female athlete in the house by a mile right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. And I try my best every time I come on here or any other show not to recycle things I say on my <laughs> podcast like two days prior. So this is the one my one time I'm allowed to I'm going to allow myself to recycle Speaking of world championships, Tony, I think it's 
a real it's a testament to how the challenge works especially in a sh- an, an episode where you know the elimination has people feeling a certain way about you know at Kara having to play this versus something else or whatever Zara Wes God bless him he he is as smart <laughs> as he says he is in the game he picked Zara out immediately mm-hmm. in the world championship yep. house and he made the correct choice because yep. if it wouldn't have come down to the randomness of you have to Zara. The one thing you have to do is you have to face Casey in a hold the weight up com- competition. Yeah, and Casey is the mm-hmm. number one female, probably number one, probably over actually any any other female in the game that could hold the weight up, and that's why you lost and went out. Otherwise, you were the clear favorite to win world championships over yep. Jordan and Kaz, as great of athletes as they are, and as great as they did in the final. And so she's yeah, she's been dominating. Uh, I was I was surprised when Kaz beat her in the challenge. It UK was by final. two minutes, wasn't it? Like just something it was very minimal. very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah, she is. The Raven is the only one in my mind, like even kind of close. But then I remember things like you mentioned early in this episode. I had forgotten Raven was on the receiving end of Olivia's, you know, truck stick in the overall yeah. Yeah. thing last season. I'm like, oh damn, okay, well. Um, so yeah, I don't think anyone is even close to Zara on the women's side, and uh, I think. It, it makes me so mad that there's only going to be one winner of this season, but I still in my mind think of it like there's a male and female winner. Yeah. And so if I was any of the other ladies, I want, I want Zara out of that house because I'm not yeah. touching her in a final. Yeah. I'm agree. still, I, I agree with everything you guys just yeah. said about her. And, and with just at that end point, even when we get to the final and they announce the one winner, regardless, if it, regardless if it's male or female, whoever the next placing opposite sex member to me is also champion of this yeah. in my mind, yeah. like, cause you need a mm-hmm. male and female winner. I don't I like agree. this one off shit. But well, no. Wait a minute. So mm-hmm. does that mean in your mind, Zach Nichols is a two time champion or no? Yes. Okay. You're the first one I've ever heard say that matter of factly so it's just i mean if you really look at that final he led that thing almost from start to finish and because he of, was like two hours ahead of her on day one and then he got like was, a three minutes so far ahead of everyone yeah yeah and yeah. then he got well of every you're right of everyone not just Kara, everyone and then he got like a three minute head start on day two i hate it i hate those yeah. uh-huh with after this the winners get announced they start debating we find out it's going to be a woman's elimination so it's mm-hmm. going to be back-to-back women um which makes me feel like obviously we're probably going to get back-to-back and then men we'll end up getting back-to-back because men. we know who the last two marks are but. yeah exactly and i think i don't know this for sure but and i'm guessing it's probably eventually gonna come out and be confirmed or not I know it was confirmed. They obviously they wanted bananas and right. with yes. respect to Brad, who I love dearly as a person and uh, is a challenge legend. Um, he was the replacement when they couldn't get bananas because he was filming. And, and so I think this episode was originally supposed to be bananas. And then they would end with Kara okay. and CT. Um, that would make so much sense. Again, respectfully to Brad. I hope if he were listening to this, he would understand we're strictly comparing him to Cara Maria in CT here that like, yeah. it's going to feel a little weird next week when they've already like car. I was just the whole time just convinced like it's Cara and CT last. Cause that's the two that the fan yeah. base is going to go the craziest for. And so that they put him in between them feels like a little weird, but it's because I think they called him of like, you were the alternate champion and right. uh, you know, man is going to be here. And so now, Give you a little extra time. Yeah, and he probably couldn't make it on the original week. Bananas was supposed to be on this week, so they had to move yeah, it around. So we'll see if that's all true, but uh, I think that's maybe potentially how it went down. 
So anyway, so the the daily winners, um, you know, go over. They do their little debate. I'm not going to go through all their little arguments. Um, it was really sh- like strongly between Raven and Colleen with Horacio kind of not even really throwing Michelle's name out, but just kind of hinting that there were other options in the house mm-hmm. um, that haven't been in or done anything. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, everybody ends up voting for Colleen, except for Berna. And Berna is very salty about this. She does not understand why she doesn't get a chance to pro- to protect her girl. And my thing is this, is it's like, look, number one, you already know that you're kind of on the bottom of the totem pole with this alliance. Okay. And number two, you <laughs> did get a chance to protect your girl. You were just outvoted. Like, yeah. No, yeah. it's not like a let's take turns saving our friends. It's not a fucking, that's not how this yes. works. You don't just get a turn to save Colleen. You have to convince other people. And unfortunately, there just aren't a lot of options right now. Oh, well, so. and, and that's the thing is like, who else are they going to choose? And at, at the end of the day, you get, like you said, a say, but there's three other people on that team. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mariah was being protected. You know, Arasia mm-hmm. was was not going to let Raven get voted mm-hmm. in by them. You know, and so I, I just it's like, look, Berna, I feel for you. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. your social status in the house, I hate to say this, but she does it to herself. Yeah. Like people keep her around because she is useful on a team because she can compete, um, you mm-hmm. know, and and potentially might be easy to beat in a final. But at the same time, like people. People don't like having her there very much, you know, and she seems like she's very mm-hmm. difficult to live with. Maybe. And probably work with, but definitely live with um, hall monitor, Um, (laughs) you know, so I just it's just kind of like let the people fuck. Yeah, Yeah, come on. Okay, (laughs) Uh, just because you're not getting laid doesn't mean that everybody else because they're cheating on people back home. Just let it happen. Uh You're on reality TV. Look, nobody stopped you fucking Nelson on TV. Okay, so let other people do their thing. Yeah. I don't know if they actually did. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing that out. Yeah. I don't really know. Karina, <laughs> if I may throw one extra point to Horacio from previous argument. Sure. Olivia versus Horacio, when again, everything you said before was probably the most correct thing said on the topic. <laughs> but uh, in this little deliberation that they have, I, I really carefully watched how the sequence of how it went down. And both Ed and Horacio start by doing the appropriate thing or what I would hope that I would do in the situation. Who knows? Probably not. But it being like, it's a women's day. Two women on the team. You speak first. Yeah. And can you, if mm-hmm. you guys can come to a consensus that we're mostly okay with, we'd like you can drive the boat here. And they each say two names that they won't say. There's six women potentially they could vote for. They knock out two each, which leaves... Narice and Olivia are the two names not said. So between them, they basically turn to the boys and more or less say, we don't want any of these four. So how, they don't say Narice or Olivia, but those are the two names they leave. And Horacio is the immediate one, which, I mean, can you imagine if he would have been like, well, I guess we could do Nar- uh, Olivia. Like how um, unbelievable of a moment it would have been. <laughs> it would have been oh my God, it would have been he flips from you guys aren't in charge anymore to he looks dead at Ed and Ed looks at him and says, which of the names they just said they won't vote for. Are we going to decide as going in because we're not saying Olivia and Narice. Yep. And so there it was very subtle, but he did defend in yeah. a weird way, defended Olivia. And there was a, in, mm-hmm. a, in an interesting way, there was a it was propositioned kind of Narice or Olivia 
And the answer was, no, thank you. <laughs> Colleen. <laughs> You're fe- we're gonna, the guys are going to make the decision for the Women's Day again. Sorry about that. I would also like to say that I'm very, I would be very happy with Ed being a mainstay. And I want, I, I, again, this is my episode where I'm just giving Ed props, apparently. I love Ed. <laughs> they announced that it's going to be, Zara announces that it's Colleen. You know, and Colleen's upset and blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't get equal space on her alliance. And I get I get where that frustration comes mm-hmm. from. Yeah. But I feel like the thing that applies to Berna still applies to Colleen. You're just, you just don't have as much relationship and connections with these people for mm-hmm. them to care about you as much as they care about each yeah. other. Um, yeah. But what I did find funny was while Colleen was like, you know, upset about this, Berna calls Ed out and was like, you know, I tried to speak up. I wish that Ed would have spoke up you know, louder. And he just literally sat there just dead quiet. Yes. Just, oh, I, I was like, I damn. I was like, <laughs> That's cold as ice, Ed. Like, didn't say anything. Not, I'm sorry, Colleen. That's just what it is. Like nothing. He just sat there cold as ice. Like, and I'm still going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, damn. I would, I would have fucking flipped it on Berna. The East, the East and family is the best. Yeah. I like Ed. I would have yeah. flipped it on Berna so quick. Though. I would have been like, well, you know what? You wanted to throw in Olivia and Norris, and we couldn't let that happen. And oh. then let that let you deal with those two. Throw her under the bus. Fuck to yes. main girls. Because that's what Berna does. She yeah. fucking mm-hmm. runs her mouth without thinking about the repercussions. I agree. You want to do it? Here you go. Yeah, I agree. So, well, can I bring it back to last week for no. a second too? Because I wasn't here for it. Um, <laughs> there was. Uh, I was during the ABC party. When Berna and, and Emmanuel were talking and she was like, everyone thinks I'm aggressive and and people just say it like everyone's saying it. So I'm just every, I'm not aggressive as she's being aggressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're aggressive all the time. <laughs> Look, And here's my thing. And this is one of my favorite my favorite quotes, my favorite like life lessons that my grandmother told me is that it can't be everybody else. Sometimes it's you. Okay, so if everybody in the house is saying that you're aggressive, you're probably aggressive. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, it can't be the whole world. It just, it can't be the whole world. I'm sorry. I just like how I'm not aggressive. Hey, you two over there, stop fucking. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) literally. I was like, what do you mean? You just hall, hall monitor, camp counselor, came in and kicked Narice out of the, her. Leave, leave them be. Also, Colleen slept through the whole thing. Yes. The other part that always gets me is this ad from Spotify. Oh, <laughs> my God. Hey, welcome back from the ad. <laughs> <laughs> it was from Spotify for podcasters in case you weren't listening. In case you missed it. Just throwing that out there. But we're back to recap the rest of this episode. So let's jump right back into it. So after the daily, we get into the house section of the episode. And it starts off with Colleen, Emmanuel, and Asaf make a chart showing how Jay, Michelle, Norris, and Olivia are connected on both sides of the house and kind of have everybody else in the alliance doing stuff for them to a degree to protect them. Just kind of riding right down the middle. Yeah. And and they're just the most centralized mm-hmm. focus of, of the main yeah. alliance and they are really running stuff. And, but it kind of narrows down to Colleen one to go after Michelle. And it seems like Michelle is becoming the bigger and bigger target as we go on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this was, I mean, obviously they don't know what we find out about 30 seconds later with Asaf, but 
Um, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go tell everyone bye. Yeah, that's he's just fucking. He's oh the mold God. this episode. You know, he is. Yeah, sneak, he, sneak, he sneak. really is. He just mold the mole. Like <laughs> mole, 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 mole. Sorry. Oh no. Oh. You got zoomed in for that one. Yeah. <laughs> It makes it dramatic. <laughs> Guys, Katie is having trouble with her camera. It keeps zooming in um, and then zooming out on her. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I don't we'll, know what that we'll edit it to make it look really dramatic. What we'll screen <laughs> flares like it's you, like glitter, just like a puff of glitter. We'll make our videos really small so everybody can just watch the zoom in and out <laughs> and and Katie trying not to move. Oh, see if it. If we stay like oh, this, no. we're oh, good. Don't sneeze, or breathe. I hope everybody listening appreciates all of this visual comedy we're experiencing. <laughs> it's great. Sorry, guys. Anywho, <laughs> this week on the challenge. Speaking of, I found a different. I found a different hat. During break. That's why my hat miraculously changed colors from gray to a vibrant red. Oh, it's magic! I thought you were pulling a Josh Chambers and going for an outfit change mid-episode. <laughs> No, I spent like 20 minutes looking for my red hat, Stay Loco hat upstairs before we recorded. And then I was like, fuck it, I can't find it. And it was at the top of the stairs intentionally so I could bring it down. And instead, I walked past it every time and then found it when I went upstairs. So with this new conversation, it's coming more and more apparent that Colleen is pushing away from this group and realizing she's at the, the bottom of the totem pole, which we've all known for a while. And there's a couple okay. other people with her. Um, but I think the more interesting thing is what we find out about this alliance that comes out of this, which is uh, what they're calling themselves mm-hmm. a fantastic four. And I was like, first of all, this isn't fucking big brother. Stop <laughs> a stupid alliance nicknames. I'm we don't need serious. it. But what do you guys think of this alliance of Ace off Jay, Narisa, and Michelle? They've been riding since the beginning because they were like in the first episode. They had that first mini yeah. meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really smart because they're as I mean, not totally smart because Colleen has it all figured out. But like. They are all in separate parts of the house. Jay and Michelle are actually the most closely connected out of anybody there visually within the house. But like, apparently like Jacob said, Mm -hmm. nobody realizes that as Asaf said, Jay's almost his kid's godfather. Like they're really close. Michelle and Norris are fairly close. Jay and Norris have pretty sure have known each other since like X on the beach or something like that. I think he mentioned it. Here's my thing, though, with this with this this force on this fantastic four. I, like I said, they've been they've been having they've been working together since the beginning of the season, and they even say that in this kind of introduction of what you know they call themselves and everything, blah blah blah. But you're going to tell me that at this point, right now, Norris feels the same about not being fully aligned with Arasio. Like she would choose this fantastic four over Arasio when it comes down to it. I think it's gonna get messy. But then you just become the Fab Five, and you're yes. Fine. Look, oh God, I'm 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 a history buff. I'm not so much on the challenge like Jacob is, but um, it it's very much giving World War One. Like everybody's aligned up with everybody else, and one thing's gonna happen, and all out shit is gonna hit the fan. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the best way I can put it. And I'm waiting for it. That's what I think mm-hmm. we will all wait for every season. Where yeah. They start cannibalizing the, their it's own coming. alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and in addition to Asaf going and telling Jay and Michelle, you know, and a reason them what Colleen has been saying and how she's kind of figuring out 
you know, how they're kind of sitting in the middle here. Apparently, we, we also find out in this moment that apparently Ed went to Michelle after the winner's deliberation and told her that Horacio had not necessarily said her name, but had hinted towards her. But hinted. Uh, you know, and hinted that there were other people available besides Olivia, Narice, and Raven. Um, and, and calling, you know, mm-hmm. the people they were actually talking about in that deliberation, uh, you know, so Colleen and them too. But um, so really, which really only leaves Michelle. Um, so she's starting to get it from all sides. Like you said, like she's starting to become a big target, especially for that powerhouse alliance. Mm-hmm. And Ed is definitely to go back to the drawing there, the, you know, the beautiful diagram that Colleen wrote. The yeah. other thing. <laughs> Them not realizing Asaf is as tight with Jay and Michelle as he is, is definitely the biggest air on there. But the other interesting part is they have it broken or she has it broken down into three groups of four and two twosomes. And so she has herself, Colleen has herself with Berna, Manuel, and Asaf on one side. And then Corey and Ed as like a secondary part of that side of the tree. And I don't think they've fully put together at this point that like Ed and Corey are higher on that list than Emmanuel, Berna and Colleen. Right. Are. Yeah. And especially Ed. I mean, Corey, you know, has worked his way back in and obviously has some commentary and feelings now that he's sharing about himself throughout this episode of the decision he's making now to keep himself back in the good <laughs> graces. But like Ed has been was actually the answer to one of your, our topics and questions earlier in the episode as far as like. Can you just be like friendly and hang out and be friends with people, but not work with them at all? Yeah. It's actually Ed all season long. Yeah. He has routinely been like, yes, yes, big T you can, we can play fake stripper and you can put money in yeah. and we can have a great old time. Cause it's so much fun being friends, but like, no, I'm not going to work. No. Like, too bad. <laughs> and he's done that like three or four times on this season of just like the person who's, you know, up comes to me and we clearly have a good rapport. Cause everyone loves me. Cause how could you not? I'm just the best. And but no, I'm going to vote for you. Too bad. Like, sorry. Um, So I don't think they realize he and Corey are maybe above them in the pecking order, too. Um, Or maybe they do. And maybe that's why they're you know moving to the other side. But yeah, Ed has definitely been probably the most loyal, weirdly the most loyal to outside of Michelle, Jay, Asaf, Narice in Olivia really up to those five that I would really call like the core alliance. And now Narice is kind of like split a little from it. Ed mm-hmm. has been their most loyal soldier of anyone of just like, oh, yeah. I'm never going to stray from this, but I'm going to talk to everyone and maybe some people will give me info. Well, what's funny too is like, so Ed goes to Michelle, like you said, right? Like, and he's like, so this is what went down. Just want to let you know, Horacio pointed out, there are other women in this house. <laughs> Did he say my name? Well, not really, <laughs> but he was very clear. There are more women in this house than Colleen and Raven. I just wanted to make sure that you knew. Yeah. And obviously he ain't talking about Olivia and Narice. So yes. yeah, that leaves you honey mm-hmm. buns. Females are still in this game. Michelle. <laughs> there are other women. abreast of the situation. <laughs> Speaking of orange shirt, once again, did anybody else find it ironic that she has a notebook where she's breaking down the votes yeah. of how to get Thank Raven you. out and it's like yeah. god you and Laurel are more similar than you guys really want to admit thank you can you imagine how big the notebook's going to be on their rival First season 
Oh my God. It's going to be a yeah, fucking. It's going to be the episode where they come together and will learn how to work together. Is there, she, one's going to walk in on the other and see the, the notebook and be like, oh my God, wait a minute. You do do we, do we, do we, okay, we could do it. We could do this. They're the same. Our lists are the same. <laughs> They're going to have one of those mead notebooks with the fucking mead notebooks with like the divider in it so they right. can break it down into sections. Yeah. This yeah. is for conquest. Yeah. This is for chaos. You know. <laughs> Laurel's gonna throw Michelle's notebook out the window. She's be like, "We don't use this shit. This is the notebook. This is the list. Right here. This is the only one." I'm sorry. Do you have a question? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So I think this is really the most important part that came out of this Ooh. whole conversation. Ooh, I'm in excited the house, for this one. Which was Olivia and Jay talking about how he thinks Arasio and Kylan are coming for him, and she hinted towards that she'd have his back and. And they say Nerys is fully on with Horacio thinking she's in love. But Jay pretty much kind of kiboshes that one saying, I know Nerys will never say my name. Like they have a really good relationship from what I'm assuming outside of the house. And then they kind of get into the fact that uh, Olivia, once again, into this like almost imposter syndrome that she feels like she failed Horacio for the last final and he carried her through. um, and, And Jay puts a kibosh on that kind of what we were talking about, like as far as her social gameplay carried him. And I kind of wanted your guys' thoughts on this, the whole conversation as far as Olivia kind of fully turning on Orasio and telling Jay, yeah, that's probably going to happen. So I'll I'll just, I'll just jump in really quick. Um, That's, that's crazy. First of all, that's crazy. But again, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's like I, I can't really blame her. She already feels Orasio drifting away from her and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of drifting more towards this powerhouse alliance. So I can't really blame her for wanting to do her own thing. As far as what Jay said about how she was actually the one who carried Orasio through because of the social game, I see his point because she was the one who was likable. So people mm-hmm. were, you know, saving them and keeping them around, et cetera. But I, again, I just think it's so weird to just like for one person to get all the credit for like carrying the other person through the season when one of them was really great at social and one of them was really great at physical. So it's like, really, you guys, neither one of you carried or drugged the other one through. You guys were just a really great match as far as, you know, being yes. able to like one person's uh you know weakness was the other person's strength they were able to cover all the aspects of the game together you know so it's like i i don't agree with the with the carrying Mm -hmm. or dragging but i don't agree with it on either side no and like it's it's sort of like olivia kept them out of elimination with her social capital but when they got pulled into elimination that's where orasio went to the forefront that's not to say that like Horacio wasn't a part of the social because like Jacob said, like he was in with Jordan and Laurel. And then you've got like, we have constantly said that she is like Barbie beast 2.0. So nobody is doubting her abilities, but Horacio comes to the forefront on in the sand. She's comes to the forefront in the house, but with one without the other doesn't make it that far. Agreed. They're they're like yin and yang. Exactly. And I'm sorry, I kind of get the feel from Olivia that this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. She's just telling herself over and over, oh, Orasio doesn't have my back. Orasio doesn't have my back. He's not working with me. He's going to go against me. Where we get to hint that 
or we get that scene earlier at the end of the daily where Rossio's clearly still trying to protect her. And she goes five minutes later and is like, yeah, no, Jay, they're coming after you. You should try to get rid of. We also we also have Mm -hmm. the, the thing that I'm trying to also remember, too, is it's really easy to assess the situation from, you know, these chairs right here. Being in that house and in that environment, like we talked about Michelle mm-hmm. being paranoid, but at the end of the day, it, everyone gets yeah. paranoid in that house. And I can't really blame anybody for it because that that house is a mental fuck. Like yeah. to like no other. You know, any of these games are survivor, big brother, like it, it just being excluded uh-huh. from society and being forced to kind of like make this new society with a bunch of people that you're competing against. Yeah. And no individual time to yourself. Like And not only that, but if you think about it, at this point, everyone knows that there is only one winner. So Olivia knows that she can protect Horacio and Mm -hmm. all this, but then she's going to have to beat him in a final. So it's like, I kind of don't blame her on being like, go for it, you know? But it's also like, okay, but Mm -hmm. then if he flips on you, you you know, down the road or whatever, you can't be mad about that. Yeah. Um, I did have a side. This is this is a tangent. So if you want me to pin it for another time, we can. But I Dang noticed it. Right. Okay. <laughs> there was so again last week when I wasn't here. Uh, we we were talking about how we weren't sure if how interviews were being done, and I would just like to say I have kept my eyes peeled this episode, and I have noticed tiny differences and i also noticed when olivia there's a point when uh i think it was kylan and and colleen were talking outside narice and um Horacio were like cuddled up on a lounger she had on her makeup and her earrings and her hair was interview day and i've noticed there are some times where her hair's a little maybe it's because i'm a hairstylist i don't know but her hair's a little bit smoother than other days. And I did, I could be crazy when I watched it on Wednesday. I swear I saw an interview where Raven had like little braids in her hair. But then in the other mm. ones, her hair's okay. like just normal. So I don't know. And I uh, there was another part with Michelle. I noticed little differences in her hair. And then during deliberation, she had her hair and makeup. And also Norisco <clears throat> made a post about how um, last year, she was able to have so many looks for her interviews, and then she uh, planned on upping her game this season, but she only ended up with one. Right. So okay. yeah, there was a new rule that, which is very an interesting choice by production to say because the like you know the the negative side of that, if you want to is that they could be more trickery with yeah. the in using the interviews because in the past there would be, it was a little bit of a tell. Like it was a, I remember it being a thing when you would see someone in a new outfit for the first time, you'd be like, Oh, they got like, they might get through this episode because they clearly got to an interview day. That we haven't seen anyone else be at yet. Cause there's a new, ep- new wardrobe, but that they can be more trick, like tricky yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. With You have to wear the same thing to interview every time you have to look the same. So that we can use any interview to supposedly Anytime. have happened at any time, which is, you know, really shady. Yeah. Uh, but it's so weird because, yeah, I saw that post from Maurice too. And then Corey Lay commented on it like, 
I was so ready with all these outfits. And then like the one I was maybe didn't love the most was the one I had to wear every <laughs> single time. And now it's like, I'm just known for this red vest with my shirt, uh, no shirt under it or whatever. And it, was, it was a very, I, I would love to know the production's reasoning of like, yeah. if it was anything beyond like, we can be shady now and use these anytime. It's like, otherwise, why can't they? Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't like it, to be honest. Like, I'm not a huge no. fan of it. I like mm-hmm. seeing the the outfit changes and the different, you know, I like that. So I like that it shows their personalities. I think it was Tyson when they were on USA that he continually tried to fuck with them and kept trying to mess, mess things up. So it wasn't like completely in continuity mm-hmm. with the other times that he's worn them. And then they kept fixing it on him. But- <laughs> That, like, I guess the other aspect is, is sort of like what Jacob said, where if, if they have to wear the same outfit every time that they interview, then you don't know, oh, they're probably going to get through the episode because they're wearing something different. But the flip side is, like, as we all have said, because they can use any audio clip that they're not showing the person directly at any time, they now can also bounce around with any confessional. At- yeah, no, I don't believe anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I believe it even less, or I question it even more than I already mm-hmm. questioned it before. Yeah, and now there also can't be like the one shirt. Like every season, there ends up being the one shirt or something that like yeah, everyone has around and wears. Like turtleneck challenge. Australia was my favorite one. That was sunflower one. Yeah, the sunflower one that was not Connor's, but Connor wore the most. So I thought it was his. Uh, but it was actually, I think, Kieran's. Um, yeah, I think right? so. Um, yeah, so there can't be that either. I'm like, dude, how is Fessy's turtleneck going to get screen time now? Like, come on. I bet someone has it there. <laughs> come on now, guys. <laughs> so the uh, only other thing that really happens before nominations is we get the scene where Kylene, uh, Ky- Kylan, I was calling him Kylene, Kylan <laughs> and Colleen are having the discussion. And uh, and uh, where basically it's kind of becoming official that Colleen has moved away. <laughs> Sorry, that was the fastest <laughs> zoom of all the zooms too. It was like boom, gotta get this water shot. Taking the sip, gotta get it. Gotta get that water shot. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Grab your water and take a drink again. I'm sorry, please. I don't want to. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, it almost came out my nose. It's gonna definitely zoom in if it comes out your nose. That was yeah. amazing. So uh Colleen oh, finally anyways. like officially like joins this this powerhouse alliance uh of you know Kyland, Horacio, Raven, and Zara, and now you know Colleen is now um aligning herself with them because she's sick of being at the bottom and being used as a tool on her alliance. And you know what? You go, girl. You go, Man, girlfriend, it, because it's not even misfits. Like mm-hmm. now I could just call them the powerhouse alliance because like yeah. they're not the big one, but they're the ones that can win, man. They, yeah. They've got the potential. They're mm-hmm. not the misfits. They're the really fits. They need to not win is the weird problem because yeah. in this episode, they still don't have the numbers yet because we yeah. get Michelle, you know, doing the math and being like, well, of the people who can vote, we have seven that we feel really good about. And that's yeah. so seven out of 12, like we're good. And so weirdly. They need to not win or all win like on a team together where they can actually like because if it's like this one where it's like it's just Horacio on the winning team, he can't put someone up really that they want to because it's three to one. But then the numbers are still in favor of the majority alliance that the rest of the house gets to vote. 
So they either need to all mm-hmm. be on one team and get a win together to throw someone in or not win or people from the majority lines be on a team win and be like, well, the one of you that wasn't in that team is the one going in because now all of us get to vote again. So it's a weird number situation where they still don't quite have enough to pull it off without there being a really specific team orientation around the the random i'm getting tired of the the random teams anyways that's we don't need to discuss that but <laughs> yeah. i it, i hate that it's always like and you're already standing in them look at that I'm like they they already knew you told them as they walked in like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah stupid um so after that, we get to the nominations and Colleen and such an exciting event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colleen and Raven call everyone out for playing Kumbaya uh, and expecting them to keep playing these games while uh, the yeah, they straight keeps throwing them in. You know what? Shout I out. Loved it. Shout out to Colleen yeah, and Raven amazing. because they straight told the Alliance, we're done with you guys. We're not we're not we're done with this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that is exactly like we talked about this last week. About how, you know, one of the things that we're not enjoying about the newbies is that, you know, they're kind of playing it safe and they're not creating, um, you know, contra- or not controversy, but um, conflict. they're not creating conflict on purpose. Right. But, this was one yeah. of those situations where they had an, an opportunity to create some conflict and light some fires and they took it. And so major props to Rave it. You know, last week it was Olivia mm-hmm. who just kind of like played the, oh, I'm just going to do what's best for my game. Like played the bullshit card. Shut up. Shut up. I love uh-huh. this from Raven and Colleen. Tell them exactly what it is. We're coming for your asses. You know, I love that. And yes, maybe not the best move game wise, but just for us fans yeah. watching, loved it. Thank you so much. Say it after the vote. Well, I think the they, vote wasn't going to. I think that was the only thing that really bothered me. About, well, one of the things that really bothered me about this episode was that there's all this talk about maybe Michelle's going in, especially now that she knows that there's other women in the house. And then it all boils down to another majority Raven vote. And I'm just like, cool. Glad that happened. This is what really grind my gears about this whole section is we get this whole long theme from Jay about how all the easy votes are gone. And no one's an easy vote. No one's an easy vote. And, you know, we hope you go down there and come back. And then we get the confessional of him saying the exact opposite. And it's like, yeah. Well, it wasn't even calling Corey out yeah. and, and like made a comment about, uh-huh. you know, like, well, I don't know if he was specifically calling Corey out, but that's how they edited. It, right. So that's yeah. how I'm, I'm going with it. Like, but he was calling Corey and other people out. And he's like, why are we telling people we love them and playing Kumbaya and all this is like, bro, you just did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said we. <laughs> you just did it. He was also confused as to why he was doing it. <laughs> to me, to me, Corey That's had great. the best speech in this whole thing. Oh, dude, yeah. the what? Yeah. He, the yes. facts. Le- look, I don't even know what he said in the long part of it, but I may have to take my line of the night back because mm-hmm. him saying, "I'm voting for you, Raven," because I'm a pussy. You know what? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to par- thank you, Corey, for being fucking honest. Like you're you. That was straight honesty. Mm-hmm. I'm too much of a pussy to go against Michelle and everybody else right now, so I have to vote for you. I'm sorry. Well, that was straight honesty, and I loved it. To paraphrase, basically what he was saying is they're not necessarily playing a great social game, but some people come in with friends, so they have a, a, a more secure sit- standing amongst everyone, which yeah. is exactly what it is. It's Michelle mm-hmm. and Jay are very well connected, and they won't turn on each other. Yeah, well, so. he even says, he says, you might not be the easy vote, but you're the easier 
vote. And, and that's a hundred percent fact, you know? So I appreciated mm-hmm. Corey's honesty in this, but yeah, I mean, it jumps into straight into votes. Everybody votes for Raven except for Kyland. Shout out Kyland. Yeah. Yes, shout out Kyland. I don't know why it was Mariah instead of Michelle for fun, but still it was great that the votes were like 10 to nothing. And he was like, I'm still going to not vote for you. Cause yeah, I would like it to just be known that some people in this house want to vote for different people. I was, I was actually surprised that Colleen mm-hmm. still voted for Raven. I figured yeah. she would, she would burn her vote on Mariah. Even though they knew that nobody that, yeah. that Raven was going to go in just by the numbers. But Still, just like you already know, you've already made this speech saying that you're not you're not going to play these games with the alliance anymore. Follow it up by fucking throwing the vote on Mariah and having your girls back. And not only Mm -hmm. that, but like, you know, that in this game, the name that is said becomes easier to say the next time. Yep. So even if you're not Mm -hmm. going to make a difference with this vote, you still say it because eventually you're either going to be in the final or you're going to be gone because they've thrown you in enough times that you slip up. They're going to need a new name. So you might as well be able to have your legacy be, I said that name first. They went home. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, elimination or the nominations pretty short. So we get right into the elimination and let's be honest, this is what everybody's been waiting for this whole episode. Oh, yeah. We know who's yeah. getting ready to come out. So well, yeah, we knew because not only not only did Challenge Mania post about it and spoil it before the episode even aired, but Kara herself posted about it in her comments and stuff to a bunch of people before the episode aired. Like there was so many people. The main challenge account has two weeks in a row. Yeah. About yeah. 24 to 36 hours before they posted about Laurel's is back this week and they posted about Kara and yet Kara and Laurel both like posted about it themselves and they're two veterans of this that would not do that if they weren't told they were allowed to at this day and time. Yeah. They, Jordan, Devin, they did it. Yeah. They've all, they've all been told they're allowed to promote it because they think it's going to help the ratings and Mm -hmm. it has kind of for a couple of the episodes, Mm -hmm. but like, it doesn't matter. It's not going to, it's not going to change anything. That's exactly what tells me though, that these mercenary, these champion mercenaries, we're never meant to come in and just fucking steamroll the contenders. They're just being used for ratings. Mm-hmm. They're just being yeah. used to bring 100%. fans in to watch. Yeah. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I know you were getting into the elimination. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> good. Um, it, and obviously we get the obligatory TJ. This is one of the best. You know, you have to be in my the opinion. Best. Yeah. It is the best. And uh, which I, I don't argue yeah. with, you know, it, no, it, major props. You can make a, a major argument for her being the best. Can I, say, I, can I say something really quick? Yeah, of course. I, I just want to say last week on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I've been saying this for a few weeks, but I officially said it on the podcast last week. And I, I asked, why is TJ not giving elimination stats, especially because yeah. contenders aren't running against uh-huh. them in a final. They're running against them in elimination. That's what matters. And uh-huh. then boom, yes. magically, he named off car. And I know hers are impeccable. So you know, that's a huge bragging point. So I get why he did it for her, but it makes me curious why he didn't do it for, for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Cause like Devin has a decent elimination record. Tori's is, is decent. Um, but Jordan. great elimination record. It was Casey. Darrell. I don't really Casey's know. Casey. Undif- is no, she's got one loss. One loss. So she's yeah. got, you know what I mean? So it just made me wonder 
why he wasn't doing elimination stats. Or is he and we they just cut them for certain people or something? Yeah, because they're cutting a lot out of these eliminations, as we found out in yeah. this episode. The mm-hmm. epic performance yeah. Kara Ooh. puts on, we did not see anywhere near all of it. So no. all the other folks that were there mm-hmm. and witnessed it themselves. Yeah, and even what we did see was was really good. She really did put on a performance. I wish we could have seen the full, like, uncut version of it. Mm, Honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest. From what I've heard of of things that she said in the elimination, in the arena that were cut, I think the challenge did it for a reason. And I think that had they aired it, Kara would have taken an absolute beating from the fan base because they were... Very personal comments um, and uh, that I feel like a lot of the fan base probably would have agreed with. But then there's a huge majority that like you just you don't make those kind of comments these days. And I feel like the fans would have fucking ripped her up. Oh, shit. I didn't even know about that. I will follow up later. I don't know anything. We put a pin in. I don't know anything either. I haven't heard any of this. I only heard the plastics comment. Yeah. Apparently she was making comments about how all the girls are made of plastic and all this stuff. So making fun of body image and getting glass houses. She would have gotten ripped up by people online. Exactly. Jacob. Thank you. I like how she's saying all that, but like, it's like very well known that Norris has had either very minimal or zero work at all. Literally zero. One of the few completely natural girls there. You yeah, know what I mean? literally zero work. I almost felt like when Kara called out the four people, I was like, "Yeah, but she only means three of them." Narice didn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> like even I am, even I am making excuses for Narice. Like everybody else in the house, we're like, "Yeah, but she's fine. She's cool. She's Narice." Could you I, look? I'm just gonna put this out there. Could you imagine what would have happened if Kara tried to go against Narice in a puzzle? Like, because out of all the girls up there, I feel like Narice is. But would Narice have been able to push those blocks around? I feel like she would have been, but not as well as Kara can. I think she could have kept up with orange shirt. I'm not. She's not going against. If she could do the same as orange shirt, then she could get to the puzzle and and get it done. Is what I'm saying. But anyways, that's a bunch of like what ifs. And if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So I love how Kara asked Pauline and Raven (laughs) how many times they've been in elimination. Um, and this actually relates back to a comment that Colleen yes. actually made right before, uh, right before nominations. And she, when she was sitting there talking to Kylan and she had said like, you know, and if it is uh-huh. Kara, you know, she's, she was an outsider too. So they were clearly talking about what potential females could show uh-huh. up. Obviously Kara is like, you know, duh. Um, and so I, I just found that interesting that, yeah. That conversation was had, and then it does end up being Kara, and Kara does straight ask them, "How many times have you guys been in here?" And then they say, "None of them have been in here even one single time." And I knew it was fucking over. If she got that chaos, yeah. she was going after one of those four. Can uh, real yeah. quick, yeah. just yep. real quick, uh-huh. I I just want to say that I really really enjoy the fact that in Kara's like little side interview, she goes like. You didn't even have to vote me into elimination anymore. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Sarah get more excited for somebody to be on a show. Like she was giddy when Kara ran out, and like obviously I was equally stoked. Especially as soon as she started talking, the easiest correlation I can make is she is basically the Deadpool of the challenge world. She just <laughs> comes out. She does what she needs to do. She says whatever the fuck she wants, and she takes shots. She's what we okay. So 
Jacob, I know you were talking earlier about all the people that have issues with the season because we don't have our people. I, I may have been one of them. Uh, I flipped. You, that's a great, a perf- perfectly fine reason to have. You clearly find things to enjoy too. My issue is with the people that I'm online yes. way too much is the real issue. Uh, but there is a lot of like, even like the Stan accounts and stuff that yeah. are five years deep in a hundred percent of their comments about the challenge are just negative and like, uh-huh. and everything. And we're just like, well then can you just stop commenting? Cause some of us are addicted gotcha. to Twitter and can't yeah, get off. Just go away. Like yeah. Interact with challenge stuff that is <laughs> negative sometimes, but is also yeah. potentially positive other times. So yes, you absolutely. I also would yeah. like some of yeah. these cast members to just be on the season. And even like it just she she's so polarizing, like you like her or you don't. And even if you don't like her, she's entertaining. The second she comes on the screen, like her look, everything about her, she's a beast. But also everything she had to say, like she was so entertaining. Like it it just none. No, it just. Yes. Yes. Which is the part that you wouldn't 100 percent expect from her. Is yeah. that like I wouldn't have really said and like I I'll break my rule. I said on my podcast, she came in and out Jordan, yeah. Jordan and out Laurel, Laurel as far as like, oh, I don't know about Jordan. I don't agree with Jordan, but that's I have my own. That's my own thing. The reason they put <laughs> yeah. Jordan first is the champ because they they wanted someone who is willing to come in and like talk shit and be like, hey, the whole like idea here is that you guys come in to like mess mm-hmm. with them. So like. We'll put the guy who's willing to be a dick yeah. and aggravate all of them first. And so, like, I was not, I didn't really think Kara, I thought she would be very good at it, but not the one that has the best of like, oh, I'm just here to be mm-hmm. an antagonist. Oh, I'll antagonize. No problem. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect yeah. her to be the one 12 out of 10. Yeah, I can antagonize these people. I can make them all shake in their boots. No problem. So, uh-huh. for all of our younger generations listening, what everyone's saying is Kara ate. She ate. <laughs> She had like 17 meals, I think. Wait, what do they say? No cap? No cap. <laughs> Basically, after she, after Michelle got called down, we could have referred to her as brown pants. And she shit herself. <laughs> Speaking of orange shirt getting called down, okay? I loved it so much. So, Kara uh, immediately, before she even pulls the chaos, uh, before she even pulls the draw, she goes to the, you know, to everybody up in the audience and she's like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't one of these two, who's it going to be? Orange shirt, you go first. And Michelle makes the mistake that we were literally just talking about. Kara is giving mm-hmm. you an opportunity to create conflict and you fucking turned her down. And now she's going to come for you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like this is, again, one of those situations where Michelle, like, yes, not a great game move, but you uh-huh. were put on the spot. And what Kara wanted was conflict. And if you're not going to say somebody else's name, then it's going to be you. 100%. And I yep. loved it. I loved Me it. Too. And then I loved that she just reaches and like she reaches into the yes. she's, doing a little yeah. <laughs> she's like dancing. She's like, oh, is this the one? And then fucking that mace out. I also want to know what you guys think really quick. Has the mace been in the middle every week? I think so. I, I think like so too. too. I thought Laurel pulled the middle one last week. No, she pulled the one on the on the right. Closest to the uh, closest to the on her right. Yeah. yeah. I miscalculated when they, and I mean, it probably comes down to what we've already talked about, about Brad potentially not being available and moving stuff around. I fully anticipated either to have back-to-back weeks 
of Kara and CT coming out with the mace and basically being like, these are the best of the best. Mm -hmm. They get to pick who they come, who they go against plain and simple. But what I also was hoping for was a double elimination. Yeah. The same week TJ calls them out and two people Mm -hmm. come out and it's Kara and CT with a mace over each shoulder. So good. Like that was what I was waiting for. That would have been sick. This was still amazing, but like that was, that was what I had in my head this whole time was like Kara and CT are walking out of that thing together, mace over either shoulder, mm-hmm. just being like, boom, this is what's up. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been really, really cool. Well, um, did anybody catch what Kara said though? Is kind of like how she leaned towards Michelle, which was because oh, of Polly. Polly told her that in said she was a snake last season. But then, so she knew, like, at first, I'm like, oh, she doesn't know who Michelle is. And then they, I she knew. She knew who she was. So you called her orange shirt just to, just to fuck with her. Yeah. I don't think they've commented on it, but I'm not going to believe that Laurel and Car Maria haven't had a conversation about Michelle because it was just too perfect that they both, oh, yeah. you know, won't say her name. Someone on MTV's challenge said that Laurel, and I don't remember who said it. One of the three of them said that Laurel and Kara ran into each other at the hotel oh, before. That would make more sense. So anyway, uh, you know, obviously we so the elimination is called Blockhead. Which just real quick, Blockhead, if you guys check, makes a great music video called uh, Music Scene. Just I had to throw that out there. It's one of my favorites. Moving on. Um, so Blockhead, um, if you want to know what the elimination is, go watch it. Um, so pretty much, uh, look, we all know Michelle ends up beating Kara in this. Um, Kara got all of her pieces quicker than Michelle did, um, and was even able to block Michelle, uh, which was so so great, such a fucking veteran move. Like, I don't even think that thought even crossed Michelle's mind. Nope. Um, so major props to Kara for that. However, Michelle, obviously, like we said earlier, had help from the audience who could see the puzzle from above, which made it a little easier mm-hmm. to put it together. And Kara is just inherently not that great at puzzles. Um, so Michelle ends up winning and, you know, Kara goes home, quote unquote, empty handed, although I, they paid her quite a bit of money just to show up. I guarantee you all that. My question is, and this was kind of brought up earlier in the episode, is, and we kind of had a little bit of a debate about it last week, um, about the type of eliminations that these uh, champions are being given. So my question is, should the eliminations, because if you think about the format of the season, the format of the season, the purpose of the season is to bring upon a new champion, a new era of challengers and champions for the fans. Should the eliminations be geared for the existing champion veterans or should they be geared more towards a neutral standing so that the contenders have a good opportunity to show out for the fans? I, I would say that they should have like, if they want to, it to be a showcase for both, give it, make it be a level playing field, not something the vets are inherently bad at or like not great at something that is just as easy for them as it is for somebody else. But I did, I did take the time to write down why exactly they give Jordan endurance. Devin basically run counting. Um, Casey got a pole wrestle and then you've got Tori in a pool, Kaz in a cat tunnel, Darrell stuck to a tilt world with firecrackers. And then you've got Laurel going through art school with color theory. And you give Cara Maria a puzzle. 
it's mm-hmm. the pegs for uh-huh. for Laurel. And here's my thing. Um, I actually I, I had a discussion about this with a couple different people on our Instagram page. My thing is, is I totally understand not doing eliminations that are specifically geared towards like the thing the champion is best at. Sure. Um, because the point is not to showcase the champs, right? The point is to use the champs for viewership, but to showcase this new era of challengers. Mm-hmm. However, here's my thing. For example, if you're going to bring Kara in as a mercenary who literally has not been on this show since 2019, okay, you're going to bring her into this show as a mercenary, okay, a mercenary, mm-hmm. and you're going to give her a puzzle. Why are we not giving her the mm-hmm. puzzle she won vendettas with? Why are we not giving her a puzzle we know she can do that she's at least mm-hmm. decent at? Maybe, like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe she sucks at puzzles. And I get you don't want Kara coming in doing a hall brawl with any of the girls there because mm-hmm. you already know she's going to wreck shop mm, and send people home, fly. you know, or a pole wrestler or whatever. But why are we not doing something like how cool would it have been if all the champions eliminations were like if they were going to do a puzzle, it was a puzzle that they've won a final with before. Yes, like, you know, that would have been so cool. The storytelling opportunities behind that even is just like even in just that 20, 30 minutes that the champs are on. I don't know. I just I, I feel like the eliminations could have been chosen better um, as far as what they're doing. But I don't necessarily agree with the fandom that the eliminations should be 100 percent geared toward the chain. Here's here's my thing is there's one thing in the challenge world that you can guarantee is going to happen. And that's production's going to fuck themselves at some point. It <laughs> happens every, every season, season, every single season. And they might as well have given Kara an algebra problem to solve up there. I'm just the being math. honest. I'm, I'm glad they no. didn't give her math. I really they should have. Or th- swimming. That's, it was the equivalent of it. I mean, I'm not saying give Kara a pole wrestle or a hall brawl, but let's get a fucking I endurance th- event. I honestly, Something. Think, I honestly think that they probably thought that the physical portion of the elimination, because Kara is like a physical person, she's strong. Um, I think that they thought that that's where she would get her lead and, you know, even out the odds mm-hmm. for that elimination, which she kind of did. But Michelle did better than I thought she was going to do, yeah. pushing those blocks yeah. around. I have a question about the the blocks themselves. I, so they were double sided. So each side had a piece of the puzzle. But do we know, was it the same puzzle on both sides or they were obviously, they had to be slightly different. I would assume they're, would the same, they're the same. Well, and also so that you didn't have to like, you mean like the, the puzzle, like the pieces on each side of the same block were the yeah. same? Yeah. I just assumed so that you didn't have to roll it as many times. That's what I thought too. But then I was like, is that part of it? And is that why Kara was struggling? Because maybe Michelle lucked out. Yeah. And got, I don't want to say lucked out, but that's. Sh- I'm wondering if maybe you're hmm. right. That would, that's interesting. And I'm actually, now I'm curious mm-hmm. to, you know, like talk to somebody from the season. Yeah. Um, and find out more about those blocks. Mm-hmm. That's actually interesting. I will let all of you know that I think all of you are crazy right now. Um, <laughs> and I, I hate that I have this opinion. Uh, and I want to preface it with, I adore Kara to death as a majority of the fandom rightfully does. Um, and she's amazing. One, the puzzle pieces were the same on both sides. So there wasn't a, it wasn't a like there, that yeah. wasn't an extra element of confusion or anything. Um, the other thing, okay. 
Kara isn't bad at puzzles. Uh, not only does she win vendettas with it, but shout out to, uh, I think, mutual friend Alan Aguirre. I think, you guys, have you guys had him on? Fantastic tweeter, uh, among many things challenge related, but he gave the rundown. She also beat Johnny Bananas on Bloodlines on a puzzle and then won the final redemption on Dirty 30, which was like a kind of mass puzzle where they tapped you on, hit you on the You're head, right. like yep. whack-a-mole style. And she beat like... She beat CT, Bananas, oh, yes. Jordan, oh, like I there was like 12 women in, three of them got to go through or whatever. So she's no slouch. And I'm just going to say it. This was a straight up embarrassing loss. I'm sorry. This puzzle is easy. This puzzle oh, is easy. Horrid. And as she says, this is a CrossFit workout for her. She should have had 10 minutes to do this nine piece puzzle while Michelle was still struggling away with these pieces. Yeah. And so uh, I, I want to somehow not take anything away from Michelle's win because she did the puzzle really fast. But I also don't think <laughs> the help, I don't think the help from the crowd mattered almost at all for her. The Raven, the Raven one last week, that helps a ton. You're trying to memorize a code of colors. That's really helpful to yeah. say them out loud mm-hmm. and have someone say it back to you. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't know what the hell happened here, Car. You're not bad at math. Yes. But we all, who is it? Yeah. Um, but like, it's a nine piece oh, math, puzzle yeah, that's pretty damn easy. <laughs> and you should have had even more of a lead than maybe. And I think she might have, because again, you said, you know, she, she blocked Michelle. And I'm like, if you are struggling with the puzzle too, go back and block Michelle again. You're allowed to move those pieces wherever you want. Like, go do it again. Cheat off mm-hmm. of Michelle. You can move the pieces faster. Right? So like, yeah. look at where she... What if she puts it on her... That's what I was just thinking. Just go put it in the middle of Michelle's fucking puzzle. I'm guessing that was out of bounds, probably because there's always rules they don't tell us. And if it yeah. wasn't, that should have been the first thing that she did. Just put one right center. Yeah, like I, I figured, I figured it was like you can't touch the other person's block. But I was like, if they didn't say you can't touch yeah, the other person's block, I was just, I was blown away that she lost. I was just like, yeah. I don't know what. And it led me to think, like, how much did you? Again, as I've thought the whole season, how much are they really, really trying, trying, depending on what their appearance fee was versus the 10 grand and maybe what oh. they've been told of like, it would really help us if someone, you know, beat you and whatnot. And so, yeah, I, I adore Kara. She's probably maybe the best female ever in my mind. But I, without trying taking anything away from Michelle, who is my number one favorite female right now, I don't think I've expressed that yet on this podcast, but Number one favorite female, Michelle. I adore her, and I don't really know why, um, but I do. Fandom, leave him alone. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Just leave yeah. him alone, okay? <laughs> don't be mean to him. I would like to point out that he picked the Survivor player, not me. Well, I got Jay, but like, I didn't immediately glom <laughs> on to the Survivor yeah. player this time. So yeah, Michelle, Corey, and Ed are my three favorites. They they float above everyone, and Raven Raven is slowly floated up and might be joining the group. Um, but those three float above. But so without taking away from her, I thought it was straight up embarrassing loss for Carperia. I have a question about the elimination though. Um, and I know like we didn't get to see all of it and everything like that. The aerial shot when they're starting off, there's it looks like Michelle is rolling something that's going towards Kara at the very beginning when they do an aerial shot and I went back and I watched it and it wasn't a dr- like, I thought it might've just been a drone that just in the shot, but it wasn't. And I have no idea what it was, but it looked like it looked like a disc of some sort that she was rolling towards Kara. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know why it would be Dana. any part of anything, but in that aerial shot right before they kind of say go, something is moving from Michelle to Kara. Maybe she just had something in her hand. She was thrown off to the side of the mm-hmm. arena or something. I don't yeah. know. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I I didn't see it. I but I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the for the episode. Um, Michelle ends up winning, goes back to everybody. Everybody hugs her. Aw. Surrounded by fate. She doesn't have to go back. Everybody runs down. After she dances on the puzzle. <laughs> that part was good. Yeah, yeah. I like that part, actually. You know what? If you're going to and if you're going to show off, just show off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also will say she when she's standing there with TJ, she is beat red, like beat red. So you can tell that, especially for someone who's won a million dollars on TV before, she knew like this like mattered in a big way to her. And like she was it takes a lot for someone who's been through all the stuff on reality TV that she has to be like over kind of like overtaken with like, you know, like, oh, I'm almost like shy about being in the spotlight, I can't believe this just happened or whatever. And it, I found it kind of adorable mm-hmm. that she was like, finally, finally stopped talking because she talked very confidently before, after, and throughout this episode in this season. And in that moment, she was like, holy shit, I actually can't believe this just happened. And now I'm standing here. And TJ told me I beat Kara and Kara left and I'm not leaving. And like, she's just so unbelievably red in that moment. As much shit as I give Michelle, she makes great TV. Oh, yeah. And she she is a polarizing character very much yep. so um mm-hmm. i just enjoy the fact that i can call her orange shirt <laughs> have multiple name options purple jacket yeah it's great short skirt brown pants <laughs> anyways that pretty much wraps up the episode um real quick let's run through uh, we've kind of talked about lines of the night mine's Corey's talking about i'm i'm being a pussy i'm voting for raven too do you guys have your lines of the night i'm going with ed being batman I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Ed being, you know, Ed's Batman one, but I'm going to honorable mention Corey yeah. saying that he's voting for Raven because he's a pussy because that was awesome. Yeah. Cara Maria, basically everything she said, but uh, the knockoff, the knockoff line Ooh, or the coupon yes. knockoff line, whatever that I forget exactly what she said. Yeah. She <laughs> said, just because you have a 50% coupon doesn't mean you got to stock the shelves with knockoff. Yeah. That, that was the line. That was my favorite. And that's why I think you were right earlier when yeah. you said, like, you know, they they left some stuff in and some stuff out. They left all the good stuff in where it's like, damn, like, damn, Cara, all right, you came prepared for this. And they cut out some of the ones where, like, oh, those weren't your best. <laughs> not your best work. <laughs> well, maybe we should not. <laughs> so, Katie. Um, I have one that we didn't talk about, but it was after deliberation when they're back in the house and Corey had come back up to Raven and he was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm a pussy. And Raven was like, champions aren't pussies. And I was like, oh, that's right, girl. That was a good one. That actually, I love her mentality of like not getting mad at him, of being like, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to tell you Uh you're wrong, but I'm not going to like get mad at you or break a chance at maybe you not being a pussy next time around, whatever, you know. But the sass she had with it, I was like, yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) Who'd you guys have for MVP? Kara. Mine's controversial some. You got Kara. I I will like Raven as far as people in the house. Kara. Yeah. Okay, as... maybe, maybe mine's not controversial. <laughs> I have Michelle, but I don't allow myself to the champs when I do the MVP this season. I said the champ either did their job and was entertaining and they get an honorable mention from me or they don't do their job, but I'm not allowed to give them the MVP of the episode for 
statistical uh, purposes, but Kara probably could um, have got it. I almost broke the rule, so I'm going with Michelle. There you go. All right. I, I'm just going to second what Jacob said. It's the exact same for me, Michelle and Kara. Honorable. I'm I'm going Raven, Kara. I'm Raven. Yeah, I just love the 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 drama and the fire and the conflict she's mm-hmm. creating. It's it's exactly what I'm missing. They brought I feel like they brought Michelle in to become one of the female faces of the challenge. But I mm-hmm. think that as much as I do enjoy Michelle, I think that Raven is starting to outshine her as an all around player. Whereas mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. Like I'm a I'm a survivor guy through and through. It's all fucking behind me. I'm going to pick Raven before I pick Michelle right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So one final question I want to ask, because I already know everybody else's answer, but I don't know Jacob's. Uh, Who's your pick for winner thus far into this season? Um, I, I forget who I actually picked preseason, but a couple weeks ago, I kind of made updated picks. And uh, um, I think I said Ed and Michelle at the preseason because I just wanted to root for my uh, favorites to win. Um, and, but uh, I think Horacio is going to win. And I think that Raven's going to get first for the women. And uh, yes, that's, that's that's the picks I'm leaning on. I like it. That's like where it. I'm at. And I don't even think those were my original preseason picks, to be honest. But that's where I'm sitting right now is Horacio and Raven. I don't, I don't know what my initial pick was. I'm sure it's Jay. but. I would say that like, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say it's probably Jay, um, <laughs> but I would say Horacio and Raven. And I would say that I don't actually think that Jay and Zara are that far behind, but I don't know if they'll get there. Yeah. Because I think Jay's unproven in a final and I don't think many people want to find out. I do. My pre- only prediction for next week though, goes against my final prediction because let me know if you think I, I feel like this is one of my better predictions I've ever made. Just knowing Brad's personality and that it's Brad next week. If Brad pulls the chaos, which is the if part of this, but if he does, I feel like there is no way in hell Brad doesn't look up there and say, I want to go against Horacio because the honorable thing to do is to go against the best person in the house. And so Horacio, you got to come down. I've heard you're the best. Everyone here says you're the best. I feel like Brad's personality, if he gets chaos, is purely to go to the only the only right thing to do, the only best thing to do, fair thing to do is I should face yeah. the best person in the yeah. house. And uh and and then, you know, that's a yep. that's an interesting matchup. So Or he just picks the biggest and goes against James. He's like, Wait, it's a hall brawl. Can I get James and Corey at the same time? Yeah. I want him to go against James. <laughs> Katie, who's your uh pick for winner so far? That's a good question. I honestly don't know if I've ever picked a winner. Oh, I don't remember if I did or not. I know. I don't know if I did. One right here. You can be perfect at predictions. Quick, zoom in. Oh, my God. My drink. Drink. Right? <laughs> I think the winner's Jordan. Um, no. Um, <laughs> um, it's probably Horacio. I, yeah, I'm going Horacio and Raven. Nice. So, okay. I agree with. 50% of you guys, uh, as far as your picks. What girl do you want? Oh, I'm going to Rossio and Narice. Wow, what a story. What a story. Oh. Yeah, I just feel like... I just haven't seen anything really from her, so... There's a Taylor Swift song for that. It's a love story, baby, just say yes. 
It's hard to know if she can run a final when I haven't, I just haven't seen anything from well, her this season. So what I've seen from her, there's not enough tape, Rick. I think <laughs> she's got great endurance. We saw it last season with in Rider Dies with Nelly. She never fucking slowed down. She was with him stride for stride. She's good at puzzles, and that's like 65% of the fucking final that's right fair. there. That's fair. So, as long as there's nothing like strength, yeah, she'd probably yeah. have like. Or swimming, not to be mean, but she hasn't been very strong in the water. Yeah, she's partnered with Nelly. That's yeah. fair. And she might not make it because she's part of that big alliance. And if it blows up, she might yeah. be a casualty. Ever, well, and she's so. one of those four names on the, on, you know, in that yeah. list. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see. And shout out to, I do, I think my original preseason pick was not just because he was my favorite, but also I really do think Ed is the one person that if this was like the final started tomorrow and you guys all just run like an actual individual race, I think Ed's the one person who could beat Horacio and like straight up just, you guys go run the final and we'll time it and see what happens. Uh, There's no partners. There's no nothing. I think Ed would finally get to. He's kind of shown, but I think people, because his personality and how goofy he can be, people still don't take serious that he's brilliant. And like they hear him in professionals on the first season of this season, be like, I'm an engineer and like this, that and the other. And they see him do the puzzles and stuff in the dailies and still don't compute like, no, like he's like really freaking smart (laughs) and like really analytical. And (laughs) it's going to be him and Kylan as the two that like have the big advantage in the puzzles over it seems maybe everyone else in the house um i don't know that i've picked out anyone else that has shown like uh yeah like i'm above average or you know whatever at these um so yeah shout out to my guy ed mm-hmm. i just love him and the whole east and family so much i just had that conversation like- i want tammy to have a challenge champion for a son <laughs> yes yeah, circle go there check it go. out if you haven't um well guys that pretty much wraps it up for us um, I know we've been on here for almost three hours now, which is about par <laughs> for any time we have Jacob on because we're going to dive in in deep on all of this. Shit. Oh, yeah, we got to We got to utilize yeah. that the time we have with the historian. So. Exactly. <laughs> with that being said, if you have not go find the challenge historian, we'll have it linked below. Go check him out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts. Also check out Survivor Historian with him and Tony Stats and Info Lance. It's one of the two podcasts that we recommend the most are yours um, <laughs> outside of our own, of course. But um, we'll have all of that linked, including uh, the Challenge Historian Jacob's Instagram. So you can follow him online as well. Yes. Um, and then I don't post, but I DM. Do it. If you got questions, he's got answers about this. I mean, he's got a whole statue. And look, we haven't talked about it at all, but I'm going to bring this up right now. It drew angle. Is it drew Angelman? Angelman. Angelman. Oh, don't think I forgot me and Karina got a showdown coming someday. It's going to happen. And this is going to be the rumble in the jungle. The thriller in Manila. Oh my God. The challenge (laughs) trivia competition of fans, because I watched Jacob's episode. I've watched your episode and no offense to the people you're going against. I think you went against Corey lay too. I did. It it wasn't close on either one of your guys' competitions. (laughs) <laughs> so I I'm waiting to see how this goes and I'm exciting. very excited. Hopefully if we Drew do. doesn't put it together, I don't know. We I don't want to put him on the clock, but you know, we'll like we'll maybe it. this calendar year, then I think we just have to go one on one here and all of your thirty seven hosts and ask questions and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do 
I agree. We'll do the like around the horn, but it'll be trivia based between yes. you two. And I'll give you guys skulls based on how well you do. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe we'll indict Kylan, the one, the one cast member who did his homework this season. Kylan and Troy, Kylan right? and Troy, Ooh. last season's one homework doer. Yeah, and we could we could make it happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, for Tony, Stats and Info, Lance, for Katie, Cardigan, Pahura, <laughs> and of course, Jacob, the Challenge Historian, Hollabaugh. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've had an absolute blast doing this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And if you did, make sure you go ahead and click those five stars, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, or give us the thumbs up on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed. Yeah. Otherwise, we love y'all. Have a great night and we'll see you next week. Later. Go blue. Oh, bye. Bye.